0: It's here, it's here, it's here, it's
1: here, it's <gasps> here, it's here, it's here, it's here, here, it's here, on
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scrap City Sports, your only stop for everything week one in the NFL. I am joined by none other than my guys, Carmen and Chef Roy. My name is Christopher, and I will be your host in this 2015 NFL preview show.
0: So, everyone everyone always raves about the high school Friday Night Lights Texas football. You guys... uh, there's a, apparently there's two two bonehead football players that in, uh, I don't know where in Texas, if anyone's familiar with the, the story that I'm about to talk about. But somewhere in Texas, two football players from a team decided to orchestrate basically what looked like a mob hit on a referee during a football game. One guy, one guy was able to come up and, and kind of clip him really, really hard to get him to the ground. And another guy, one of his teammates came up and just speared him into the ground once he was laying on the ground, head first, helmet first. Both of them wound up getting ejected from the game. But what are you guys' thoughts on the on that play? I mean, what, what were these guys thinking?
3: Dude, I mean, just watching the hit, it's brutal, man. You see the way that that helpless referee, I mean, he had no idea it was coming. You know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, it's almost as bad as like, when you see an NFL player. get just just whopped, and he doesn't know it's coming. But at least they're kind of built for it. You know what I'm saying? This referee, he just looks dead. He looks lifeless after that, man. He's just gone. Like, it was bad. It was a disgrace, if the, you ask me. It, just Those to touch on what you
2: said, Carm, um The game, the game that we're speaking about was Marble Falls uh, versus San Antonio uh, in Texas. So, just to was this about like?
0: It. But well, I, I guess. Does anybody know about like what what triggered this? What caused it? Was it like a bad play that they were trying to get back at the referee? Or, like, I mean, I understand
3: it, it was a bad call.
0: Oh man, it's just it's, it's just like a, I mean, it's, you don't even want to see something like that. It's, it's like this poor guy's just guys back to the plan. I mean, this guy what looks like a, like a safety or something just comes up and clips him full speed running at him, knocks him down, and his teammate comes in and spears him into the ground with his helmet first. And it's just it's just not something you ever want to see, especially with kids and, you know, in football.
2: Yeah, it's, just, it, it's it's crazy to see. And, and you know, I guess you could say that the NFL had kind of seen this coming. Um, and what they did, I think it was uh, the previous year, 2014, they moved – the uh, the line judge from his normal position where where this referee got you know plowed into and then or speared and then and then um, jumped on but uh, they moved the referee from a couple yards behind the defensive line of, line of scrimmage to a couple yards behind the offensive line of scrimmage to get him out of I guess you would call like the the the, 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 the danger zone <laughs> yeah is I right? mean it's it's just um, it, you know it's it, they did it for uh, referee and umpire safety. So, just goes to show that NFL was actually ahead on something instead of always making a you know trying to trying to play catch up all the time with uh, with their moves and uh, their 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 policies.
0: Yeah, they're usually they're usually known for yeah reacting instead of instead of uh, what's the other word for it? Proactive. proactive?
1: Yeah, proactive. proactive.
0: They're reactive. Or like they they usually let something happen and they fix it for this time. They actually were able to. I mean, referees got hit. Before, I mean, this is kind of a unique experience because I mean, when referees get hit in the NFL, it's not on purpose. It's you know, they're just in the, in the I mean, they're in a bad spot regardless, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, but
2: game speed of a, of a high school football game to a to an NFL game, I'm sure is, you know, a, a light years faster.
0: Yeah, it just I mean, so I mean, at least at least you you applaud the NFL before something really serious happened to a referee there because I mean, those guys are big, fast, and strong. Right. That you know they were able to change that because I mean it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It just looked like a dangerous spot for an individual to be standing.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, if you if you look at it, you know, it's it, it's it's unfortunate that the players actually did it, but you know, they made it they 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 made it clear cut that this is what their intentions were. Instead of you know, I you know, a lot of the plays in the NFL where the ref gets r- run into, some of them might be intentional. Maybe those guys are better actors than these high school kids, but you know, you could tell what, what their intentions were from the get go. I mean. He could he could easily just clip shoulder to shoulder and knock them down that way, and then whatever the other guy could have tripped over him. But
3: that no, was a blatant, so yeah, it was it was blatant,
2: and, and you know it's just stupid because I mean the, the both both players got ejected and um, facing possible criminal charges. So yeah, I mean,
0: they kind of should though. Cause, I mean, it's, there's no different than a mugging attack on yeah, somebody an, or an that, they, that knockout game or whatever whatever it may be. But I mean, it's just as violent just because it happened on a on a high school football field doesn't make it any less important or less. Big of a deal, but uh, something else I was looking at that I, that I saw uh, recently that the NFL is trying to uh, put in the league, and that's um, that's RFID sensors. And basically, what these sensors do is they 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 put these like um, they, I, they almost look like nicotine t- patch type size, like uh, pellets kind of thing that go on their their, their shoulder pads. And what it's able to do is it's able to track their position. It's able to track their position on the field. It's able to track their speed, and it's able to uh, track how far they run. Because like the, you know, if you ever seen soccer, they're able to measure how long a guy's been running on in, in a particular game. It's the same kind of same kind oh, of. I know with
2: the, with soccer, they go to Walgreens and they get those uh, pedometers. That's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> they like they like show, but they basically, yeah, it measures
0: uh, position, speed, distance, and acceleration. I think it's. I mean, I, I personally think it's a great idea because I, I like all those the sports science. Yeah, the sports science of like you know to, to say like you know when a, you, you get a bigger appreciation for how skilled these, these these players are when you're able to see one how fast they're running, like how much ground they can make up, how quickly it's
2: just it, it, yeah how much torque they you know they're they're able to get from you know any given play, any kind of uh, cut or juke, you know the 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 g forces in their legs pushing off the ground and uh, and stuff like that is. Is pretty crazy.
0: What's kind of unclear though is how this is how this information is going to be used. If it's going to be a a television only thing, or if this is going to be like an organizational thing. Only thing I could see that I, that's negative from this is you know players that you know are you know maybe at the tail end of their career and they're like you know they're starting they're going to start looking going back and looking at each individual play to see if they're running at full maximum you know and be able to cut people because they feel like they're not giving them hundred percent you know because like you know maybe test them and then. Beginning of the year at the combine, okay, you can run a four three forty. Well, now you're running, you know, now you're running a forty yard forty yard dash, and now it's you know a lot less in the game. And it's like, well, what's going on? But you know, I I just hope I hope they don't take that information, which is good.
2: I still think all those, all like the combine and stuff like that, is still kind of a joke. It is, but I mean, but, was, but, I mean that's how
0: a lot of them are judged. And, right, you know, it's unfortunate if, if guys. I like the extra information that we'd be getting for the for the TV viewer audience.
2: It should be for entertainment only. Yeah, I don't. I just mean, I, I, I don't want to
0: see players being being graded on this. You know, in the off with their job on the line, kind of stuff is really all I, I want to not see happen. Yeah,
2: I mean, and we were discussing this a little bit earlier about you know cuts and pickups, and I know it's a part of the game, but. You just kind of feel bad for for players, since you know we've always we've we've mentioned this quite a few times in uh, in our podcasts here. But you know, the NFL um, player, the NFL player's career uh, on average only lasts about three years. So you know, players only have that 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 amount of time uh, on average to you know make as much money as they can and you know stay in the league and make a name for themselves. Um, and you know, and then we just saw. You know, guys, I think it was yesterday the Bears made their cuts, right?
0: Yeah, I think the, I think the roster had to be, every every team had to submit their final 53-man roster on yesterday, Sunday.
2: Um, yeah, so, I mean, we saw that Jordan Mills got cut, and we were just, we weren't saying it specifically for Jordan Mills of the Bears, but, you know, just got to be crummy for a, for a player in the NFL, you know, to have worked out all summer and off season, you know, uh, playing for one team. You know, going through OTAs, training camp, uh, preseason—you know, all the all, all the off-season workouts and stuff like that—with your with your team that you were currently under contract with—and then you know, basically a couple of days before the season starts, you're, you're you're basically told you're fired. You're unemployed. Yeah, which you know, granted, that's not how the real world works. I mean any three of us go in tomorrow and, you know, that's it, we're, we're done, and we don't have no warning. But, you know, you just, like, would like to see a player have a chance to be able to come back, you know, and help another team. And granted, some of them will, but I would say a majority of them don't actually make it back into the NFL this year. Maybe they'll have a better shot next year when they, when they could start fresh. But, you know, it's just kind of a shame to see. You know, I, my heart kind of goes out to to players uh in that
3: circumstance, so especially veteran players, I would say probably it probably feels the worst, man. Oh, yeah, because I mean, like some of them know, like, I mean, they're, they're going, they're shooting for the stars, you know what I mean? You got some of these young guys out there, and they're like, Oh, they didn't make it, you know what I mean? They're gonna go bag groceries the rest of the year, yeah, right. But some of these NFL, Kurt, vets, Kurt, Kurt see, Warner, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, they found him over at Marianos, high beef, high beef, you know what I mean? But some of these, these vets you see, like, you know, it sucks. Well, you know, just
2: just back to it a little bit uh, about the uh, uh, was what, what was the crime? RFID? RFID um, you would have wished they would have put this technology in in the game last year. They could have rigged up the uh, New England Patriots equipment staff and maybe got to the bottom of <laughs> the flake gate instead yeah, of all who, this. Who,
0: who, what their XY coordinates were before the game <laughs> yeah. were they in the Washington yeah, or not? Exactly. So Yeah, yeah.
2: That uh that's just uh that you know, and, and just a to touch on the gate too um, you know, uh, we we were tweeting about it earlier that Tom Brady, uh, you know, obviously his suspension was lifted uh, from four games to nothing, so he is back in full fold for the New England Patriots, and they don't have to worry about playing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for four weeks. So
0: how about how about Jimmy Garoppolo though? He went from thinking he's the king of the, you know, he's the, he's the keys, <laughs> he's got the keys of the Ferrari, to now all of a sudden he's he's in the back seat again,
2: sitting on the bench.
0: Yeah, it's just it gotta be deflating.
2: I don't know, Carm.
3: I guess he's still on the, he's still on the team, so good for him.
2: I'll take that eight hundred thousand dollar contract or whatever he's getting paid, probably veterans minimum or whatever. Just, just sit, to sit, sit on the bench and and probably coloring a adult coloring book on the bench. <laughs> so
0: I don't know. Just being as a you know competitor, you I, I would think you'd want to be out there. You want to be helping your team in some way, shape, or form. And I mean, I guess I'm sure he is via practice or whatever. But I don't know. I just just you know being a competitor, you just. You feel for the guy because like he went from you know all training camp to like preparing like he's the number one, he's the guy, first time in his career to no, sorry buddy, you're back in the backseat, little junior.
2: <laughs> since since we're on the topic of the New England Patriots, um, let's just jump right into the AFC East and um, and who reside you know who currently resides at the at the top of the hill in the New England Patriots. What are some reasons that you guys think that? The Patriots will not repeat as AFC East champions.
3: Why do they won't? I, I, I mean, it's, it's it's age maybe. I mean, I mean Tom Brady only is getting older, right? But he just doesn't seem to lose it to lose it at all. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's hard for me to say that they're not going to be good. But I mean, it can possibly it can happen. It can happen to anybody in the NFL, obviously. I w- I would say probably the reasons why they won't would be either the Buffalo
2: Bills or the Miami Dolphins. That's, yeah, I, agree. The I think
0: their division got a lot better.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Jets, unfortunately, we can't see what uh, what the Jets are going to look like until maybe Geno Smith gets back. And not saying that, you know, that's like losing Tom Brady for the Jets. But, you know, Geno Smith, I thought, at the end of the end of season last year, was making some good progress in the games. And it looked positive for him heading into this season. And then he mouths off to one of his teammates and gets his jaw broken. Um, so he's out for at least a month, I believe. Um, but you know, uh, I think this, yeah, like Carmen said, this division is going to be a lot better. I think you know um, the Patriots aren't going to be able to run away with it like they did last year uh, with a with a twelve and four record. And the next closest team was the Buffalo Bills at nine and seven. So um, Buffalo, I think, is greatly improved both on on defense, of course, with Rex Ryan taking over the the the, the helm. And you know he is a defensive specialist, and I think their offense even improved a little bit. Even though you know we were kind of talking a little bit down on LaShawn McCoy um, in our fantasy football preview, but um, with with McCoy coming to town, I think that gives him a little bit different um, flow on offense. Especially with you know they they named their starting quarterback was Tyrod Taylor, correct? The Buffalo Bills. Yes. Yes. So I I think it gives them a little bit. more of a, a, a college-type offense where they could run, you know, a lot of maybe even so much as to say like a West Coast offense, you know, a lot of quick plays, um, maybe a little bit more up-tempo with a style of offense and then have the have the uh, defense, you know, grind out some wins for them because, honestly, in the preseason, the Buffalo Bills, they look, their defense looked like you could not bust, a you know, a tank through that armor, so... um
0: I gotta imagine Orchard Park was not happy when they heard the news that Tom Brady was not suspended. Because you know, <laughs> you get spotted basically a you know four game, you know absence of Tom Brady in your division, and you go like like kind of like like Jimmy Garoppolo feeling like, oh man, I thought we had a shot.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you guys in saying that Buffalo and Miami both got better. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But every year, it seems like every now and then they always say some teams in the AFC East get better, and New England just somehow happens to rise above that. So I mean, it's hard for me to, to pick against Brady and Belichick. It just really is. I don't know. I I, I, I I I'm going to go with the number one reason why the New England
0: Patriots don't make the playoffs is the Miami Dolphins. I like the Miami Dolphins in that in that uh, division. I just think that I, I think that Ryan T- Tannehill's he's gotten better every year. I think this is his year to really break out and do, do some great things with the you know addition of Adam McCantsu. I mean, that's going to disrupt a lot of things and. You know, is the is that division ready for it? I mean, I don't, I
2: don't. I think a, a underestimated free agent signing for the Dolphins. You know, and the headlines were the whole offseason um wasn't Dominican Sue, But if you look on the offensive side of the ball, a guy like Jordan Cameron who could give them a, a definite, you know, a definite red zone target to
0: plus, act, plus. it's an upgrade from Charles Clay who left,
2: right, and who was a lot smaller than uh, than Jordan Cameron. Yeah, not
0: nearly as athletic.
2: Yeah, I mean. Uh, I personally was comparing Jordan Cameron to like a poor man's Jimmy Graham, you know, in the in the aspect of his athleticism and his ability to go up and catch the ball. So um, he definitely creates a lot of mismatches for teams, especially down in the red zone, like I mentioned. So you know that's definitely a thing to watch for this season uh, in the AFC East battle is um, is the connection between Ryan Tannehill and Jordan Cameron.
0: Don't don't forget about uh, speedster speedster uh, uh, Kenny Stills too, because I mean he's. He he looked he had a lot of hype going in uh, to New England or not New England but New Orleans but you know when he when he left it everyone's like okay no big deal you know we have uh, uh, Brandon Cooks and you know, all that but I, I think he's I think he's coming into his own also I just think that there's is gonna be a huge leap in this offense I think it's
2: well well Mike Wallace left town for the Dolphins so that left a void for a number one number one spot in the receiving core you know which definitely Kenny Still's can can fill that void especially since. I feel he's a better downfield threat than Mike Wallace, even though we haven't seen it really out of Kenny Stills because he was kind of in a crowded receiving core with the New Orleans Saints. But, um, but I definitely feel like he is in a place that he can succeed um, with an up and coming team in in the Miami Dolphins.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think Miami's D will carry them. I mean, their their offense can be really good, but with the pickup of Nadaman King Sue alongside Oliver Vernon and uh, and Cameron Wake. I mean, their line. That, that, their line that's nasty. Their line could easily to the division. Yeah, and I, I mean, would it's say it's that simple. If, I mean, if, they're, if they're that good, you know, you you know what the, the you know
2: what the scary thing is? Like, you know, I I pose the question: How can't the, the Patriots, you know, repeat? They're probably the worst defensive team in the in the in the
0: division. Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo. If you know nothing about Buffalo, their defense is gonna be good.
2: I mean, look what and look what uh, look what the Jets did. I mean, they 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 were able to snag Darrell Rivas, who could could once again be considered possibly the best, you know, cornerback in the league over Richard Sherman. But, um, you know, their their defense even got a lot better. And, and you know, they got Todd Bowles, who they go from, you know, Rex Ryan, a defensive coach, to Todd Bowles is another defensive coach. He's going to have those guys flying around the field. So um, those are reasons why I believe that the Patriots would not repeat um, would be the fact, yeah, like Carmen mentioned, all the teams got better. I'm not saying the Jets are going to beat them, but... Um, definitely. Yeah, I just think
0: it's going to be a dogfight for them every week. I mean, it's like that for a lot of teams, but I think
2: they, yeah, they're going to have trouble scoring points.
3: New England's,
0: just. New England's had a good string of, you know, a week being in a weak division. Where this this year, I don't think they're in that list of being a week, in a weak division. But uh, the,
3: the only thing that that obviously we're talking about all these good defenses in the AFC East. The only thing that, I mean, would you guys be surprised if New England just came up and and thrashed them? I mean, like, if you guys remember, I think it was Week Four or Five last year when. At that point, it was like Cincinnati had the number one defense, and and, and New England was sputtering. And they came in and they trounced them like forty-two-seven or something like that. New England, just their offense, is hard not to like and, and not to get excited about them. Even if not a, you're not a Patriots fan, because they're fun to watch, right? And they can pick some teams apart, man. Just in Brady's like a surgeon. He goes out there and he does his thing. I mean, it's going to be we're going to see, obviously, because these defenses are better. they you're you're better, you're faster, whatever you want to call it. And it'd be fun to watch in the AFCs, I think. And, and
2: aside from touching back on uh, the New York Jets, aside from the Darrell Reeves signing, they also got uh, Antonio Cromartie back. So that definitely bolstered their their uh, their secondary with uh, with those two signings. But yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be... I, like Roy said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots won the division again. But they're going to have a lot tougher uh, time. It's going to be. It's not going to be a you know a three or four game um, Cush. cushion. oh, you know, in the division over over the next team uh, below them. So
3: I can easily see it coming down the last couple of weeks of the season for them. They may win the division, but like you said, it's not going to be a. Cake and you know, there's always that super. Pass. There's there's
2: always that Super Bowl hangover too. So
3: yeah, I, I, that's also part of my my thing was you know the
0: chance of them repeating isn't very likely. So I mean, they got to trip up somewhere. Is it going to be in the playoffs or is it going to be in the regular season? I'm going to go with. Maybe the regular season. I mean, they may, may, they may make the playoffs and just be a wild card, but uh, I don't. I just think it's gonna be a really tough time for them.
3: See, I can look at it both ways though. You can, they're gonna either have like Super Bowl hangover, or you know what, they may be motivated by the whole deflategate. Defl- so yeah, that's they true. They put a, you know, a pep in their step and say, you know what, do you, do you guys are calling us cheating. Let's go out here and let's just run the league. Right. That, 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 that could right? very can well happen. I mean,
0: you got to figure Tom Brady's a competitor. He's gonna want to go out and prove everybody else wrong the thought that you know deflating the the football is the reason why they won the Super Bowl. So yeah, who knows? But uh what, do we want, what what division we want to move on to next we're
2: going to we're going to stay in the AFC and we're going to um, just go slightly to the east a little bit from the AFC East or I'm sorry a slightly west in, uh, into the AFC North um with the division champs last year being the the Pittsburgh Steelers followed by the the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens and down in the cellar is the Cleveland Browns so um my reasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers not being able to get back onto the to, to the high horse of the AFC North would be um the big injury that they suffered in the preseason to Marcus Pouncey, their uh their all pro uh, offensive lineman. That's a big hit. I mean he anchors you know, he anchors what they're trying to do, you know, with uh with Big Ben and, and Le'Veon Bell, you know, back there with without him, you know, basically leading the charge and the offensive line to protect you know, Big Ben and 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 all of their off, all of their offensive weapons. I think it's going to be big shoes to fill for whoever they stick in there. Um, and, and, you That'll know, I, that,
3: but isn't Martavis Bryant out for
2: like the first four? Yeah, suspension for uh, first four games for for what testing positive for performance enhancing?
0: Yeah, I think it's just a blanket for yeah. You got caught doing something you're not supposed to be doing. I agree. But uh, yeah, I, I reasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers not not uh, repeating as division champs. I just think that they're I think their defense is too young. I think it's it's rebuilt, and you know they're, they're losing they're losing their, their stalwarts and Ike Taylor and and Troy Palomalu and I don't know is that is that enough? Can they overcome that? I mean, can these young guys pick up that quickly? Because you know Pittsburgh's known for their their hard mouth, their hard nosed defense, and you know smacking people around. And can they do that? Because I mean, you know, as long as they got Ben Roethlisberger, they're gonna have a shot. Because I mean. He's that good, but you know, is their defense good enough to get, to get them to get them in the in the playoffs? And that that's yet to be determined. Yet that's yet to be seen. But I don't think that their problem is going to be on offense. I think it's they may have may may have a misstep on defense, and that may prevent them from making the playoffs. Defense wins games. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah. So I, plus, I mean, that division that division's pretty stacked. I mean, that could be one of the hardest divisions in in the league. With you know. With with Baltimore, Cincinnati, and, and and Cleveland, I mean Cleveland's kind of a, Cleveland's kind of in the dumps now, but I mean they're 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 a decent team, they're, they're going in the right direction. It's just you know with with Baltimore and, and Cincinnati in that same division. I mean that's well, last yeah, year. Last that's year, the year they had three, reason, yeah. Last year they had three teams coming out of that division, correct? Like, yep. Pittsburgh, Ra- Ravens, yeah, Ravens Bengals. and Bengals. Yep. Yeah, I mean is 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 Andy Dalton going to get it done, or is he going to? Is his time over going to be over with in, in Cincinnati? I mean, that's a big that's a big question
3: mark. I think if Andy Dalton does, doesn't do something this year, not necessarily maybe win the Super Bowl because I think that's a little <laughs> hard maybe a, for playoff game, I don't think, a playoff game. At least a playoff game. I don't think him or Marvin Lewis have ever off won. Your back, man.
2: I, I, I don't understand how Marvin Lewis still has a job. To be honest with you,
0: he's got naked pictures of the owner. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I could describe. Because yeah, because I mean, was, they, they've been they've been they fi- they've been five hundred or better like o- almost this whole time there, but like, they've never won a play out. He's never won a playoff game. They've had, they've lost home playoff games. I mean, it's just that's bad. I mean, that's I mean, look, look at what happened to you know Lovey Smith. He, he he you know he got he got he out, won, what
2: ten or eleven games, Lovey Smith, and got fired. Got fired,
0: yeah. Like I mean, it's just you know it's it's crazy. It's a cutthroat it's a cutthroat job to have. And I mean, to have to have Marvin Lewis. I think he's probably one of the the, the oldest tenured coaches left. I mean, oh, he's, he's got to be. He's been there for a long because yeah, where did he where did he came from? He came from Baltimore, right? He was defensive coordinator for Baltimore.
2: I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, he left to feel won the Super Bowl. It was how long ago? Jeez, the first but one. Not,
2: I mean, nobody really in the AFC North made too big of a splash um, in free agency, either um, picking up guys or, 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 or losing huge, you know, huge pieces. Um, the biggest, the biggest loss in the division probably would be uh, Pernell McPhee going to the Bears from the Baltimore Ravens, um, and then Torrey Smith leaving Baltimore as well heading over to the west coast to the 49ers. So, uh, other than that, nothing really huge went on in the offseason for these teams. So we we just look probably for another slobberknocker of uh, of divisional matchups with the with these with these teams and when I when I say these teams, I mean of course the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns are on the outside looking in. You know, they should probably be in um, Big 10 football or <laughs> maybe the SEC because they are not on these three teams levels. But um yeah, I think that um I think that Pittsburgh has a really good shot at, at repeating, but, you know, like I had mentioned, um that injury to Marcus Pouncey is gonna be significant. If they could if they could put a band-aid on that situation until he gets back out there. And um, you know, for the first two games obviously Le'Veon Bell won't be in the lineup as well. But I think unlike last year they have a suitable replacement not I'm not saying he's Le'Veon Bell or even you know Le'Garrette Blunt from last season but uh D'Angelo Williams if he could stay healthy could be a significant um contri- uh, contributor to the Pittsburgh Steelers offense so
0: yeah I mean I I like the I like the Pittsburgh Steelers coming out of the division the reason why I like like them coming out of the division is because they basically could have won a Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for a Le'Veon Bell injury I mean they had everything going at that time and you, you know, I, I just I see him, Le'Veon Bell coming in a little bit more rested because he gets two games off, non-injury related. He's gonna he's gonna come in and he's gonna tear up the league. They've already got the best receiver. They got Ben Roethlisberger, who's a two-time Super Bowl champ. I mean, the only team that I could see really threatening them is Baltimore because you know you can never really count out Baltimore for some reason. But they also now have they also have our old old, old buddy and Mark Mark Trustman there. So I don't know. I, I it, you know everyone's everyone likes. Everyone, it's like a sexy pick to pick the Baltimore Ravens, but I, I just think that trussman's going to do something really, really dumb at the wrong time, and it's going to cost them a game or two, and that's going to be the difference in winning that division, and I just see, I see Pittsburgh taking it just because it's, it's, it's the what, what, black and gold.
2: This is, this is crazy just to even think about this, but what if Baltimore has a ridiculous season in the Baltimore offense sets all kinds of single-season records for? I mean, how deflating would that be for Chicago Bears fans?
3: That'd be, pretty, that'd be pretty bad. That'd be sad. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be, pretty pretty be really bad.
2: sad. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But you know, they do definitely have tools to get get the job done. Um, they don't have Antonio Brown, of course, but uh, they do have uh, have suitable weapons.
0: Who do you think is the best quarterback in that division, though? You think it's Flacco, or you think yeah. it's Ben oh, Roethlisberger? It's
2: by far, without a doubt, Big Ben.
0: You think so, though, because they both
3: got two Super Bowls. I think it's a toss-up. I mean, it's I pretty you cool. Can't go wrong with either one.
2: I mean, yeah. I think the physical tools of Big Ben is is irreplaceable. Um, If you're talking about, you know, overall best quarterback, Joe Flacco, obviously I'm not discrediting anything that he uh, can do or has done, but I think physical attributes wise, Big Ben, you can't, you can't replace or you can't, and you can't teach size. And, 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 and Big Ben is really, really hard to sack and tackle. So that, you know, that and his ability to extend plays with his feet um, and get out there and, and, and hit. You know Antonio Brown downfield or uh, Marcus Wheaton, and whenever he comes back, uh, Martavius Bryant. So it's going to be um,
3: it's going to be fun to watch. Oh
2: yeah, this is one. This is probably one of the best divisions in football, um, if not. You know, uh, I do think
3: the Ravens get the edge of the defensive side of the ball, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, like Pittsburgh.
0: I said, I think that if if anything's wrong with Pittsburgh, it's their defense.
2: It's, Pittsburgh's always just plugging in. You know. Uh, defensive stud after defensive stud. I mean, they they lose Ray Lewis, and they you know they have a guy last year like uh, like Pernell McPhee, and you know Terrell you Suggs Bal- is out.
3: You mean Baltimore just plugging people in?
2: Right. What did I say? I said Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Baltimore. Um, yeah, they just they're just all, there's always someone well, waiting in the wings. Yeah, just like. to, right, just to, in. Yeah, just to be the leader of that defense, and you know it, it's just it's just amazing to see how they could. How they could turn out good defense after good defense after good defense, even you know losing uh, Ed Reed a couple of years ago, and now Ray Lewis and 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 now McPhee for them uh, last year, who wasn't their who wasn't their leader on defense, but he was definitely a key piece. So
3: um, I used to always like watching Ray Lewis come out doing his little. His little God, band. I hated Ray He's Lewis. Them. I liked I, I him. I, I, I don't them. know why. I, I liked, liked him.
2: I just you know it's like. Really, do? I'll
3: admit I even had a Ray Lewis jersey at one oh, point. Oh, my god! I liked yes. him that much. You, he was, he was good. Do yeah. you think Ray Rice finds a
0: job this year? I mean, what's going on with him? Uh, I don't
2: know. I mean, you would have thought that with the injury to um, to Arian Foster that he would have been scooped up by the Houston Texans, seeing as how Alfred Blue had a terrible preseason, and they were even thinking about starting um, Chris Polk, you know, which he was a, what, an a ex-New York Jet who was a perennial Third string running back and never was able to really do any kind of damage or impress anybody in the NFL that much to even get a second uh, a, a backup job.
3: So you, it's, you think teams are, are not thinking about signing simply because of the whole media lashback from it? I mean,
0: it could be it's, it's going to be a distraction to the team regardless. Whoever takes them, no matter what, it's going to be a distraction. So it's possible, but you also got to take into consideration what Ray Rice though is like. His stats were declining before this all happened, so I mean he's in. Well, well, how old is he? he's he's crossed a thirty thirty year mark, right? I mean, he's, thinking, he's like, I believe so.
2: Uh, uh, let me let me try to look that up because I mean
0: that's like the you know that's the that's the line of running backs. No matter how good you are, it's that most running backs can't overcome that that thirty year thirty year of, years of age. You know, where they where they could, could be an all, you know all world team at twenty nine, but at thirty they're they're at the bottom of the league. He's like twenty eight. Oh, so he still didn't crossed it yet. But I mean, like I said, his his stats were. Good. And
2: you kind of wonder because you know they lose Ray Rice. And then they go out and get a, a journeyman running back like a Justin Forsett who lights the AFC North on fire last season. So, you know, was it was it a problem with Ray Rice or was it a problem with Baltimore's offensive line and, and, and the schemes that they were running? So, you know, it, yeah, I, to your point, Carm, I, I think that his skills w- were declining because uh, what we saw the Baltimore Ravens turn out the last couple of years at running back even without him. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this division shakes down. Like I mentioned, probably one of the best divisions in in football, Um, definitely in the top three uh, divisions in football. So we're going to move on. Uh, We're going to stay in the AFC and go to the AFC South. um, With Josh's Homer-loving Indianapolis Colts.
0: Should we stop and take a moment and listen to Josh's voice? I do not want to hear it. Yeah. So let's, let's, here let's we go. Here we go,
1: guys. Hey, everybody. This is Josh here from Scrap City Sports reminding you to make sure that you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Scrap City Sports and find us online at ScrapCitySports.com for all your Chicago sports needs. All right. So we are going to break down the AFC South now um,
2: with uh, mentioning before the Indianapolis Colts winning that division. At a record of eleven and five last season, followed in second place by the Houston Texans and nine and seven, and then after that, uh, it's not really anything to talk about <laughs> because the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars um, mustered up a, a, a impressive three and thirteen record, followed by the Tennessee Titans at two and fourteen. So there's a huge drop off in this division uh, when you get side out when you get outside of definitely the top two. In the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans.
0: So, personally, I think this is a runaway division for the Colts. I don't even think, I mean, I think this is. Houston is, you know, probably the second best team, but I think there's a large gap between Houston and and the Colts. I I just don't see.
2: Houston is going to have a huge issue um, trying to replace production from Andre Johnson, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, they have a young upcoming uh, receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, but. You know now DeAndre Hopkins is going to see double coverage, which he never saw before because, you know, I I used to call him the mini Megatron. Andre Johnson was always you know commanding those those looks from the defense, um, and, you know, and then the injury to Arian Foster, which is definitely not going to help them. I mean, granted, he, granted. He was he is way ahead of schedule because um, I think the initial reports were that he was going to be back week 9 or 10, which would have done absolutely nothing for the Houston Texans. But now, uh, apparently, he's going to be back uh, by the first month of the season. So that's a huge lift for, for the Houston Texans. But can they keep pace with the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck and a guy that they stole from the Houston Texans in and Andre Johnson?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, I, when I'm, whenever I'm looking at divisions and who's going to come out of it, I always lean towards who has the best quarterback. And in that case, the only quarterback in the league, any quarterback in the division is Andrew Luck and the Colts have him.
2: Wait, wait, so you don't think Brian
0: Hoyer's in this conversation? No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Oh, how about uh, Mark Mariota? Guy? No, not Ryan, at all. Ryan Mallett, no? No, I just, you know, it's elite quarterbacks. I mean, if you just look at the last, if you look at the last, you know, division we were in, we, we were arguing between Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Flacco, both elite quarterbacks. So it's it's just Super
3: Bowl winning quarterbacks.
0: Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, right. I mean, yeah, they, they win games. So it's like nobody in that division scares me as far as quarterback is concerned other than Andrew Luck because he could be, you know, he could be the best in the league. You know, this year, like he's that good, so it's it, you know I just think that they 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 their the their style of football is you know very consistent and very good, especially in you know in their confines of their home, you know in the dome. I just I just think that they thrive there, and you know the the rest of the division's weak, and I mean I think, think they're going to run away with the division. They're going to run away with that division. All right,
3: I mean, so anything but a Super Bowl berth for them is a disappointment. I think at this point,
0: yeah, I I just I I don't even see like th- trying to think of reasons why they wouldn't make the playoffs. I, I I don't even I I can't really find anything because it's just oh, not because I'm looking at the the Colts it's because the rest of the division is just so bad like I mean Jacksonville Jacksonville's not not going anywhere you know you know Houston's a nice you little don't think, start
2: you don't think the Texans can improve on a nine and seven season no
0: I I, I don't not with those injuries man yeah plus I mean their their quarterback their quarterback play is just is that is that that's that's the problem why they can't win the divisions because their quarterback play not having Aaron Foster to lead out because he's you know, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the league. I just don't see them doing very well. And you know, I just see that the Colts winning this, you know, this the, the division's gonna be wrapped up by week week ten
3: probably, but by that point. It's gonna I'm be that bad. Barring some un- unforeseen injury or so something. It, like
2: that. So agree. if this is a clean and concise consensus pick that the the Colts will repeat um as AFC South champions, what is your guys' prediction and how do you guys see uh, Marcus Mariota or Motorola, as uh, Roger Goodell called him. Uh, how do you see his his rookie
3: season in the NFL going? It's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. I don't, he. I matter. mean, I, he might win like six games.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, anything's anything's gonna be a good for him. Yeah, buddy. I mean, from from going from a two a two win team. You know, even four wins will be a positive. Well, round. I think
0: what, what doesn't help Marcus Mariota and in, in, in the fact of how he's going to look this season is just the fact that I think the Texans have probably the worst roster in the league. Like as far even as the, uh, Titans. Titans, Titans. what did I say? Texans? Yeah. yeah, Titans. Titans have the worst roster in the league. I just don't think they have much depth anywhere. They don't have a whole ton of skilled positions that really scare you. I, mean, I can't really name. I mean, I can name Bishop Sankey and running back who's an okay. Oh, he's terrible.
2: Uh, okay. his preseason he's had uh a yards uh yards per carry average of well, around three. He, he's
0: got potential to be okay. You know, and I, I can't name who who's a right, who's one of the re- receivers. Like I don't even I can't even name him. Kendall any. Wright? Wait. I can't name There's him. Kenny Britt's still there too, isn't he? No, he's in uh
2: oh, wow. yeah. Saint Louis. Yeah, see what I mean? He's
3: in St. Yeah, he was in St. Louis last year. He followed Jeff Fisher.
0: But they and they got they got what Delaney Walker's probably their best their best skilled guy I, yeah, and that's their tight end. He's not like a all world tight end. I mean he's just you he's know, far he's, from Gronk. Yeah, no, I mean he's too he's he's slow, he's got good hands, he can catch him, mean, he he makes an impact. But I mean, if you're if that's your if that's your star on offense, you're that's, you're in for a long season and, oh. you Well, know. The,
2: well the Tennessee Titans did have some improvements uh in free agency on defense, but I don't think that was their biggest issue, you know, going into the off season was defense. And, you know, obviously they made the uh the pick of Marcus Mariota, you know, to be their cornerstone and franchise quarterback, but uh, on defense they get did get a couple key signings in uh, Brian Arakbo from the Washington Redskins and um uh, Denoris Circe from
3: <laughs> that? But, Every time I think of Arakpo, I think of those commercials with
2: him. I never knew if that was a real player or not, and then <laughs> I googled it one day and I'm like, "Yo, wait, wait a minute, that is a real guy from the from the was it Gameback, the, uh, Ga- the, the Geico, Geico commercial? Arakpo, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he spelled it in the Scrabble game, right? right. But anyways, um, uh Norris Cersei from not Searcy from Game of Thrones. Uh, that's actually his last name. Spelled S E A R C Y uh, from the Buffalo Bills, so they did bolster their defense a little bit, and then got a slight upgrade. Well, not a slight upgrade; it was a big upgrade in Marcus Mariota on offense. But he doesn't have enough around him, like Carmen had mentioned, to to make any noise in this division uh, as long as Andrew Luck's here. Yeah, I just
0: I just see his rookie campaign not going well, just because you know if you can, if you experience a little bit of success and then you get a bad roster, some you know good veteran quarterbacks can you know work with that, but. Being a rookie, learning on the job, and having that terrible roster—I mean, they upgraded their their receiving core by adding Harry Douglas, which does what for you? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, Anthony Fasano is as, as a tight end upgrade, a journeyman upgrade. Yeah, yeah I mean it's just, that just that doesn't scream like they're trying to give this guy a whole bunch of of help to try. and Yeah, help but him I develop. think
2: Fasano is more of a, he's more of a blocking tight end and not a pass catching tight end, so um, it could help it could help to bolster their their run game. But like we had, like I had mentioned. In the preseason, Bishop Sankey, their 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 draft pick from last year that they were hoping that he would be, you know, a stud running back, is is only have an average of three yards per rush. So that's not going to cut it in in the NFL.
0: I mean, the only reason why I see the Tennessee Titans, I see them not finishing in last place is maybe they have, their defense is is decent and they are able to win some games via defense and you know playing the. Ball, you know, uh, position field position game, and you know, kicking some last second field goals and winning twelve to twelve to six, that kind of stuff. But
2: I mean, last year they almost got outscored by more than two hundred points for the whole season. So, you know, you break that up, that's almost ten points a game, uh, more than ten points a game. So, they're definitely going to have to shore up the defense for sure. I mean, because that's not going to cut it, getting outscored by close to two hundred points. In a That's season bad. is.
0: I mean, does does Dick LeBeau have any effect on that defense?
2: It's possible. I mean, you know, uh, if you're talking about a team that goes from you know eight wins, to not in the last place, How about eight, that? eight wins to eleven wins, yeah, I could see that happening. You know, from eight win team to eleven, but from a two te- two win team to a you know to even an eight or nine win team would be a miracle for 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 this franchise. So, um, I, I don't. Yeah, like like we had mentioned. The the Colts are running away with this thing, and I mean they stole Andre Johnson from from an in in, uh, in division rival in the Texans, and they added also Frank Gore. You know from their We've
3: seen better days, but he's still effective.
2: Uh, you say that every year about Frank That's Gore, true. and he always comes out and he you know has a has a thousand yard rushing season.
3: Uh, I think,
0: but I think big things for Frank Gore this year. I think he's going to be a real. I think he's I mean, a real player. If you
2: look, if you look what Ahmad Bradshaw was doing last year before he got hurt. Um, he could definitely have a huge a huge statistical season, Frank Gore. If if they use him like they're like you know, like they had used Ahmad Bradshaw before and they're finally done with the, the Trent Richardson saga. That, that was bad. Yeah, that was that was bad. Um but yeah, we're gonna move on. Uh we're gonna we're gonna stay in the AFC and wrap up the AFC here. Last division. Uh with the AFC West. Um and uh the division winning uh, 2014 Denver Broncos were 12 and four last season followed by the nine and seven nine and seven Kansas City Chiefs and the nine and seven San Diego Chargers uh followed in the in the, in the cellar with um the Oakland Raiders that that were three and ten or three and 13 I'm sorry the reasons why I don't think Denver is gonna repeat as as a AFC West champion is because they do not have
1: what does the Fox say
2: They do not have John Fox anymore. (laughs) That was really lame. That was like, boom, there goes. (laughs) No, but uh, on on a serious note, I mean, can Gary Kubiak do what what John Fox has done for for the Denver Broncos? Yeah, they still have Peyton Manning. but A
3: 40-year-old Peyton Manning. And, you know, a
2: guy that's every year on the cusp of retiring in Peyton Manning. Um, Not saying that he's going to have a a huge drop-off from last year to this year. Since we know that he wound the you know, the Denver Broncos season was spoiled last year because Peyton Manning played the last month of the season with a torn what was it, a torn quad or something? Was it a torn quad? I mean, he had some kind of significant injury that he was playing with that really hampered their run and, and, and let them lean on the running game in Denver, which, you know, for the past since Peyton Manning has been there has always been a average running game. Average running game with a heavy pass offense. So um can Gary Kubiak do that? Can he can he repeat the success that John Fox has had in Denver um, with that team? That's that's you know we, we had mentioned before that there was there's five or six teams from the previous year that don't make the playoffs, and honestly, one of my picks was definitely the Denver Broncos only and only because um, like we had mentioned about the AFC uh, East is that the division has gotten better as well. You know, you look at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs who was on the cusp of the cusp of the playoffs last year and the San Diego Chargers also on the cusp they had have had some serious upgrades in the positions that they needed and the Kansas City Chiefs with Jeremy Macklin coming to town who is definitely a very lethal slot receiver Travis Kelce is getting better too Travis Kelce he's you know he's um He's on the verge of, of breaking out this season. If, didn't,
0: what was the crazy stat though with Kansas City last year? With not, what did they like didn't throw a passing touchdown all year. What was?
2: No, they didn't. I don't think they had a passing play over or, or a, over,
0: t- a pass a receiving touchdown from a receiver.
2: Yeah, they didn't have a they didn't have a receive they a receiver did not catch a touchdown at all last season,
0: which is crazy. I mean, do you think do you think, think Jeremy Macklin ha- improves? Do you think he helps that situation? Or I, think, you, I think he does.
2: Yeah, he's like some he, of the target in the end zone. He's definitely one of those little you know, little slot receivers that are very crafty, you know, um in the slot and, and definitely gonna reel in a bunch of receptions. Reuniting
0: with Andy Reed? I mean you think that does anything for, for his career and their team?
2: Well I think Jeremy Macklin's Pro Bowl year he was when he was with Andy Reed, so definitely gonna help him out. Um, you know, he knows how to run the offense already. Um so but and and, and if you look at the San Diego Chargers, you know, they drafted Melvin Gordon which one of, was one of their huge you know, weak spots last year in the running game. I mean, Phillip Rivers was going nuts. And, um, you know, their running game suffered because Ryan Matthews in and out of the lineup constantly. And um, who was their backup? Uh, was it Jackie Battle?
0: Um, whew, Yeah. I, I, I want to say Danny Woodhead, but I think he was gone already. And
2: Danny Woodhead, I think, yeah, he had a season-ending injury early too. And he's back. Danny Woodhead's back. Melvin Gordon's back. Or Melvin Gordon's here or there. Um, so, so. <laughs> Melvin Gordon's
3: everywhere. Apparently, you know, you know, you're talking about how the the Chiefs didn't throw that one passing touchdown last year. And an interesting fact, you know, like no Andy Reid's never had a quarterback throw over four thousand yards. No. Not even McNabb in his heyday. Well, yeah, but Andy Reid's always had a always been a winning been coach, a, right? A lot of people are saying, and maybe this is true. Maybe can this year um, Andy Reid have that four thousand yard passer with obviously you know Kelvin. With, I'm sorry, with Jeremy Maclin and everybody coming over, this, this could be the year for them. It could be if, that, if, that, if they have an offense like that. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm possible, not, man.
0: I, I like this division. I think I think they've got top to bottom. They've got four solid teams. I, I like I like the Raiders of all things. What I saw from them and their defense, I and mean, they were flying around. I, I think they've got a legitimate shot. I think they have a young team, I think, I think uh, Derek Derek Carr. Is is good for them? I think he, he did well his rookie season. I think he's going to do better this year. The addition of Amari Cooper, they had a lot of chemistry in the preseason. I I just I, I don't think that that's going to be one of those teams. The way their defense is flying around and hitting people, I think it's one of those. teams. You don't think that, it's
2: going to be a three and thirteen team again?
0: No, I I have a feeling they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I really do. I I just like them that much, and I think that you know they they used to be like the doormat of the NFL, and I just think that they're going to come in and you know they're going to be one of those teams that you don't want to play. They might not win. But they're going to beat you up in the process, and a lot of teams do not like that. So I don't know. I mean, I think this is this is me. This you know we talk we talk about the uh, what was it the uh, AFC not the South uh, AFC North being being one of the besters. This this could go down into the best division with the, with the Raiders, the Kansas City. I think ch- every single team. The I think every single team in this
2: division could easily be nine and seven. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just you know, unfortunately, probably only one team is going to make the playoffs from the division, but. Um, I, I do think that there's going to be a lot of competition in this division, and it's it's probably going to go down to the last week of the season, you know, to div- decide the division winner.
0: <clears throat> Which is good for all of us because we get to watch it all. <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean that's
2: that's what that's what fans of the NFL, you know, that's what they want. You know, hopefully it's not a not a uh, NFC South year, you know, with a with a below nineteen, yeah, below five hundred team making the playoffs, but. Uh,
0: I, I don't know. I, I still like. I still like Denver in this in this spot to win the division. I just. I think that's probably Peyton Manning's last year, and I just don't see Peyton Manning not making the playoffs in his last year. Considering I think he's made the playoffs every year for the last. I would say 10
3: you got to stick, stick with Denver until Denver says otherwise. Right, but if Poor I, Peyton I, I, Peyton just Manning. Think, I just think if anyone's going to give them a run for the money, it'll be Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, the only thing with Denver though is they're they're a Peyton Manning injury away from being oh, oh, a three right. and exactly. a, a two and or a three one team.
3: Right, exactly. And then they call up Tim Tebow
2: again, and they beat the Steelers in the first round of the, <laughs> the playoffs. So. Yeah. You guys think Alex
3: Smith got what it takes?
2: I think so. I mean, he showed it in San Francisco, and you know, as long as they have a good system around him for him to succeed, he's definitely a game. Not, he I was. He's
3: not a scare you type of quarterback, but he manages the game really well. Oh man. yeah, he's
2: not going to make those stupid turnovers like you know, like a Brett Favre, Jay Cutler type gunslinger, you know, attitude. He's definitely smart. You know, he doesn't take those downfield chances, and maybe he does now with uh, with a speedy receiver like Jeremy Macklin there. So, right. um, you know, it's going to be it's it's going to be fun to watch, especially. You know, especially to see the rise, uh, as Carmen would say, of the Oakland Raiders, and see where what David Carr and Amari Cooper could cook up.
0: I forgot to even mention that Michael Crabtree's there too. I mean, that's
2: yeah. I mean, he's a guy who he's he's a guy who's definitely going to take some pressure off of Amari Cooper. So
0: yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's that, 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 that they really went out above and beyond it to surround Carr with and, a lot of good players. You know, Skill, Michael Cra- Michael
2: Crabtree, I think, is a is a really really solid receiver, uh, and I I don't think his best days are behind him. Richard
3: Sherman thinks different.
2: Well, Richard Sherman's uh, <laughs> something else, but...
0: Yeah, but when when did when did Michael uh, Crabtree, when did he tear his ACL?
2: I think it was the year... Two seasons ago. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, theoretically, I mean, they say that he takes at least a full season of playing to get full back to where you were at. So, I mean, maybe this is his year Because, they...
2: yeah, that, he, he came back the year that they went to the Super Bowl.
3: That was off the ACL injury, Yeah, yeah. Which was yeah two years ago.
2: Yeah right. It, Baltimore, San Francisco is the Harbaugh Brothers and the
0: right. So I mean, yeah. So that, this this could be his year. I mean, this could this could be. I mean, how crazy would that be to have uh, to have uh, McCall um, have the Raiders to actually make the playoffs? That would be pretty exciting. For I think it'd be good for football
3: for them to make the Bay Area at least. Nothing oh else because they, they
0: don't have the, they don't have the 49ers to root for.
3: Come on. Sorry. The Raiders. Yeah,
2: but uh, that would be. If the, if, if the, uh, what is it? What is it? What are the Raider fans calling them The, the Legion? The Black Hole. Oh, yeah. yeah. If the Black Hole had anything to actually <laughs> cheer about, I would fear for the whole state of California's safety because we, like, like we have mentioned multiple times, we have witnessed that firsthand and it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely scary. It's not
0: one of those, you don't want to go to the Coliseum and wear, wear anyone's jersey that's not black and silver. Yeah, you don't want to wear, you don't want to I fear for your life but
2: black. <laughs> You might have to get the uh, the, the, the faded blacked-out version of your your team but uh, just to try to blend in a little bit. But you're, yeah, definitely fear for everybody's life if the Raiders make any noise. Hey,
1: everybody, this is Josh here from Scrap City Sports reminding you to make sure that you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Scrap City Sports and find us online at ScrapCitySports.com for all your Chicago sports needs. Okay, so uh,
2: moving over to the other conference in the NFL, we, we discussed the AFC now we're going to head over to the NFC, and we're going to start with we are going to start with the NFC South, and uh, the Carolina Panthers won this division last year, like we had mentioned, with a really really poor uh, record of seven eight and one. They had the tie with Cincinnati um, during the season to get that to get that one in the in the tie column. But under them, you had the New Orleans Saints at seven and nine. You had the Atlanta Falcons at six and ten and you had the Tampa Bay Bucks at two and fourteen. Um and reasons why I don't think the Carolina Panthers aren't gonna repeat as NFC South champions is because they lost their most dynamic and potent offensive weapon in Calvin Benjamin. And it's just gonna be hard to replace a guy like that. You know, it'd be it would be you know to the same of saying you know the Pittsburgh Steelers losing, uh, losing Antonio Brown, you know something to that effect. And one of their most lethal weapons that they have a guy a guy a guy like Calvin Benjamin is irreplaceable on a team like Carolina because of what he does um, for them. And, and, and what uh, what he also does for them is he brings the double teams away from a guy like Greg Olson who had a monster year last year. Um, is Greg Olson going to be able to carry that offense with Cam Newton? I don't know. It's gonna to be
3: tough. It's, what about Devin Funches? Who? <laughs> yeah, it's. Just, it's. He, it, I mean, he's. He's. He can be good, man. He can help out. He can maybe cushion it. I don't know if they'll disguise I it. I don't know, know if it's gonna be
2: able to replace him, right? If, if they could band-aid it, if they could, if they could, you know, put together an right. offensive that's, that's game what I'm plan he's like to
3: band-aid. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna say he's gonna replace, replace this dude, obviously. Not, but you gotta, you know, you know
2: it, it, the 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 thing that's the biggest blow for I think Carolina is the simple fact that. They know that Benjamin's not coming back at all this season, so you know it's not a it's not a it's not a band aid type situation for them. It's they gotta they gotta fill a major major hole in in what, what Benjamin. is Yeah, but leading. do you think
0: that's good for it to happen now? That way they they got know going into the season that you know guys have to step up, guys have to do better. Versus it happened week one or week two where they, you know they're, they're kind of not prepared. Where now these guys had. You know a couple of weeks of training camp and some preseason games to be the number one for the guys that are number three to now be number twos you know all that kind of stuff everyone picks up their game don't you think it, it it benefited them that the injury happened when it happened
2: yeah but you know you see i don't know it's just like the whole new york jets thing with with you know with geno smith getting punched in the face cam newton's getting you know getting in fights in practice which i'm sure happens all the time but you don't want that to happen with your quarterback. I mean, yeah, you could have guys like Martellus Bennett and Kyle Fuller getting into a fight last off uh, last uh, training camp, but you know, a guy like Cam Newton, who who's the leader of your team and who who guys should respect. You know, for that to happen, I think there's a little bit more to it um, than that. And I also think the Saints and the Falcons definitely going to be a lot better this year. You know, it's going to be hard to keep a guy like Matt Ryan and a guy like Drew Brees. You know, with six in in and seven wins respectively. So
0: Again, I, I again I just I lean towards elite quarterbacks and I think that I think that Carolina has a good one, but I don't I, I think their 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 offense last year making the playoffs was average at best. This year without the without Calvin Benjamin there, I, I think they're below average offense. I just don't I don't think Cam Newton's as good of a quarterback to get them out of that. Rut of where they're at offense with the offensive. Well, talent I, I think I saw to win enough games.
2: I think I saw a stat that Jonathan Stewart, the last four four weeks of the season last year, led the league in rushing. Which, if they could build off anything, you know, that. that's definitely something they they can. But they don't have the 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 crutch in D'Angelo Williams anymore. You know, if if Stewart, who is fra- a fragile running back, just as D'Angelo Williams is, can you know can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, then they 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 might have a shot. But like I had mentioned. You know, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, even throw Jameis Winston in there, you know, it's definitely going to raise the play of everybody in the in the division and, and definitely seven and eight and one is not going to cut it, you know, winning a division. And, and And I think personally, if you don't win this division, you're not making the playoffs.
0: Who do you think is the better quarterback? Do you think it's Cam Newton or Jameis Winston?
3: Cam Newton, right now. I
2: would say right now, yeah, definitely. Cam Newton, no doubt about. By the it,
0: end right of the now. season, though, you think you're going to say, be saying the same thing?
2: Oh, <laughs> I mean, look what look what Jameis Winston has though. He has some he has some weapons.
0: He's got more talent on offense to do better.
2: Oh yeah, he's got Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, Doug Martin, Josh's Josh's homeboy, and Bobby Rainey. So, uh, who's the best quarterback in the division right now?
0: I still think it's Drew Brees.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was. He led the league in almost everything last year and had a bad, bad year. year so. Yeah,
0: I just I mean I, I like I like Matt Ryan even though he saying, hasn't, i like matty Ice, man. He hasn't shown me a whole lot, but he,
2: he's. I, I think Matt Ryan is is one of those guys, kind of like Andy Dalton, yeah, who I, gets it done in the regular season, but can't get, get can't get his team, you know, out of out of a playoff matchup. So, you know, definitely to answer your question, Roy, Drew Brees definitely probably the at the top of the pecking order in the and the even with the lo- even with
3: the loss of Jimmy Graham.
2: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I I think for for uh, New Orleans to trade Jimmy Graham, I think they have a plan offensively. I think I think Sean Payton. So. I think Sean Payton's too smart of a guy to allow them to trade Jimmy Graham without having an idea of what how they're going to replace the production that he provided. I and mean, he Jim- had a bad, he had a bad season last year, Jimmy Graham, and, and you know you know they just. They didn't. They, the New Orleans Saints didn't do well, but I think a lot of things kind of came down on them. Or I think the, an off season with some with some additions and some losses of certain certain guys. I think that I just think they return back to form. I just don't think that Sean Payton's going to allow them to have two losing seasons in a row. And I I think that the division, while it's got some good teams, and I still think it's kind of a weak division. It's a very soft division, I guess, because you know, nobody's nobody's afraid of nobody's afraid of Atlanta. Nobody's afraid of Carolina. Like I mean, there's just it's just not happening. So I just think that. Uh, I think that New Orleans capitalizes on a weak division and is able
3: to win it. How much does Drew Brees got left in him? <sighs> maybe he's climbing up there too, man. Yeah, I, I think he's
0: got. I think this year he's 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 got a. He's he's still he's still got maybe next year, but I think after that, I think I don't think he does. I don't think I think next year is going to be, a, a, you know, a, a very tough year for him, but. Otherwise, I don't, I don't see, I don't see no more than two years left in him. Because I mean, yeah, he's he's gotten beaten over the years. He's thrown he a took lot a real of passes. Bad beat last year, he's man. had some surgeries. I mean, all that stuff kind of catches up to you. The older you get, you can't as recover as as much. So, I don't know. I, oh. The only
3: way I see them prolonging his career a little more is if they learn to lean on the running game a little more. But, well, they, I mean, they Sean did Payton's bring. Have to learn how to do that. They did bring in C.J. Spiller to help Mark Ingram. So, and Mark Ingram was pretty decent. He's decent. He's not. He's never a never been. A, game changer, he's, he's, he's one of those decent.
2: guys like like Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams who can never stay on the field. You know, he's always getting hurt. So, you know, and and then they bring in a guy like C.J. Spiller who kind of, for the most part, is the same type of running back. So, not as not as Mark Ingram, but you know, an injury prone um, <coughs> style running back. <coughs> so. He's always in and out of the lineup too, so it's going to be interesting to see how how CJ Spiller translates into helping the the New Orleans Saints. And you know, speaking about this division, I think that you know out of out of all these out of, out of all these young quarterbacks that we've seen come into the NFL lately, uh, besides a guy like Andrew Luck who has far exceeded his expectations, I think Jameis Winston is going to be pretty damn good, um, in my opinion. Especially with a guy like Lovey Smith, who, you know, he's never really had a guy like Jameis who is a, you know, the the biggest knock on Lovey when he was here was he didn't have a leader, um, and you know you look at a guy like Jay Cutler who I, we've all said that he's not a leader, and guy like biggest thing that Jameis Winston is is a leader, you know, aside from his physical attributes. So um, I, I definitely think that. This whole division is going to be improved, and the Carolina Panthers have definitely a thing to worry about. With uh, I
3: still think Carolina has the best defense in the division, though.
2: That's yeah, my
3: opinion, obviously, but I still think they have the best defense.
2: But they, but they might have the worst offense as well. So, true.
0: yeah, this is true. I, I, I think at the end of the year, I think Atlanta's going to have come out as the, the better defense, just because I think that the breadth of a defensive coach and a, a good defensive coach coming in, bringing new life into the organization, I think that if nothing else, their defense is going to improve. But yeah. I, I don't know. I just, yeah. So,
2: <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be one of those things where uh, it's definitely going to take, I think, 10 wins to win this division.
3: Nine to uh, 10, yeah. What
0: take. what I was trying to say before is do you think that, do you think that, uh, Jameis Winston's going to be the second coming of Tim Tebow, being the fact that they were really, really, you know, winning college football players and, you know, can lead their team and all that, but just, you know, they're, yeah, they're, but I think
2: the biggest the f- knock on Tebow was his, is his accuracy. And, you know, we don't have our resident Tebow fan club president in Josh to, to elaborate on this. But I think what the biggest issue of Tim Tebow, why he can't stay on an NFL roster, is his accuracy and his ability to read defenses. Where I think Jameis Winston is a quarterback and not a, you know, a glorified running back tight end slash just H back. Yeah. I mean, you know he's good at running the option, but
0: six. I always thought that Jameis Winston's knock on him was his accuracy passing, and he shares a lot of similar attributes as far as his skill level or his athleticism is involved with running the ball. So that's why I was just, just a question. You know, coming out of the same state of Florida, you know all that good stuff, playing against the same teams, and being as good as they both were in college. That just I see a lot of similarities in their game. I hope for the NFL's sake and for Tampa Bay's sake that they're not the same. Tim Tebow, even though he's won football games in the NFL, just refuses still to s- get a chance.
2: Still, kind of crazy. A guy like Tebow, since we're talking about him, you know, like like you just had mentioned, who has won some pretty big games for NFL teams can't stay on a roster.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's got a playoff victory under his belt, whether you like him or not.
2: You you would think that a guy like that, who you know, you hear about players switching positions all the time. You you think a guy with his with his kind of physical ability can't find a position, like, I, I, personally, I thought when he went to New England, I thought he was going to be a tight end, and uh, that I think that would be a perfect position for him, because he's fast, he's big, he's physical, he's going to be able to go up and get the ball, and he's just a football player, you know, he's maybe he's not a quarterback, but he's definitely a football player, so it's kind of interesting to see how, um, how, how he has transitioned from, you know, being a guy, like Carmen had mentioned, you know, beating the... Pittsburgh Steelers on the first throw, or the first play in the playoffs, um, and now to being an unrestricted free agent, you know, being cut by the Eagles, so.
0: But don't you blame, blame a lot of that, though, uh, Tim Tebow's lack of success on coaching in the NFL, based on they're not, like, you know, in college, you a teacher, and you, you know, you, you're able to develop, you develop, first of all, you're able to recruit their, your, your guys for your system or in the NFL, you don't normally get that luxury, but. You know, t- teams just don't know how to deal with the skill level and, and 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 what Tim Tebow actually brings to the to the game. That they don't know how to deal with. Like, okay, well, if he can't throw that well, how do we design an offense that that, that fully highlights all of his skill set? I mean, I I well, you a lot think, of that on you, coaching.
2: You would think that, uh, like I have mentioned, if there was a place for him to do that, it would have been been in New England
0: or or Philadelphia for that matter.
2: Or yeah, Chip, or, Chip Kelly or Philadelphia too. You know. We definitely, um, you know, we have our our group text and we definitely were praising Tim Tebow and his ability to run the Philadelphia Eagle offense. So, yeah, it's just kind of a shame to see like a a good football player like that, you know, going by the wayside and uh, being cut from another team. But we're going to move on from the NFC South and um, move over to the NFC East um, where Roy's boys... um, the Dallas Cowboys won the division at twelve and four, um, followed under them by the Philadelphia Eagles at ten and six, the New York Giants at six and ten, and the lowly Washington Redskins at four and twelve. So, Roy, I'll let you. I'll let you take the mic on this one.
0: Start off with ask, ask Roy why the Cowboys will not. Bro, why
2: will the
3: Cowboys not win the NFC East? The only reason I see them not winning the NFC East is going to come down to the running game. It's all about what Darren McFadden and Joseph Randall can do. Carm, you said it all the time last year. Anybody can run behind that line, correct? You, you're you not a Cowboys fan, but you admit they have the best line in football. We're about to find out. We truly are about to find out. That's what it's going to come down to because I know you guys don't think, but Tony Romo is a good quarterback. Oh, there's no doubts about that. He's a good quarterback and, and his play is going to be there. But if they're going to have to lean on Romo doing everything like they have in years past, then they're not going to be that. They're going to be eight and eight again.
2: Oh, that's why they. That's why the Cowboys won twelve games last year Cause because they were able to run the ball. They didn't have to lean on Romo exactly. And if I would say, I would say probably if Eli Manning did not have two Super Bowl rings, Tony Romo would be the best quarterback in this division. But unfortunately, he's not. So, but he's definitely second best at this point. We'll, I mean we'll see, we'll have to see because what we've seen out of the Philadelphia Eagles and Sam Bradford in this preseason has been incredible I mean it's preseason. you know we we've, we've we've seen you know we have, there was a lot of hype around the Philadelphia Eagles uh last year after you know after the season before when chip Kelly was there and 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 Nick Foles kind of took the NFL by storm and I think he had what like 20 26 or 28 touchdowns and like four interceptions or whatever he had a crazy touchdown to interception ratio uh, in his first season and last season he was kind of hampered by injuries you know as me being an owner of Nick Foles last year in fantasy football I kind of know the painstakes that it it was you know for for the Philadelphia Eagles Um, and Sam Bradford if he can stay healthy he's been pretty fantastic in that offense so far and I know that it's been only preseason but you know the Cowboys were—the Cowboys, you know, they, they definitely did win that division last year. But I think the Eagles—the Eagles were in it all the way up until the end of the season where they fell apart because, you know, the inconsistent play of, of, of quarterback the backup quarterback of Mark Sanchez. So—and Eli uh, Eli Manning, he's going to have, I think, an improved year, especially because he, he's going to have Victor Cruz for hopefully the, the uh, entire season and not just part of it. Um, coming back from—I uh, think it was a torn Achilles— I think that's what Victor Cruz had, torn Achilles. He um, had some sort of leg injury. It yeah, was it was a. It was a yeah. I don't think
3: it was an Achilles, but it was a really bad leg injury.
2: I can't remember. He was another one of my guys in fantasy football. Yeah, he was that too, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why my team name was switched to uh, Injured Reserve. I See, think I had every single guy on IR.
3: I, on I hear team. everything you're saying about Sam Bradford, but for him, it's a big if. Can he stay on the field? That's what it's going to come down well, to for that team. Because Mark Sanchez doesn't scare me. And and quite frankly, if Sam Bradford's out there, he doesn't scare me either. Now I'll be honest with you, Eli and the Giants—they scare me. I don't think I, I don't think they're going to be that bad three years in a row.
0: I I just with with Philadelphia, it's not the quarterback that scares you; it's the system, and can your defense handle that system? I think that's the difference. in I think if you're asking me why the Cowboys do, do not make the playoffs, I think it's Philadelphia. I think that's why because they're, they're Chip Kelly. I mean, you're going to find out what Chip Kelly is this season. He's got his guys there. And You saw it in the preseason, that, that system and how it works. I mean, I just, you know, I, I look at Dallas, and I look, think they had a lot of things go the right way for them last year on defense. And I just think that, you know, can, one, can they sustain that? And two, you know, can they stop Philadelphia's offense? And I, I think that's what's, what's going to boil down to. I think it's a coin flip. I mean, I, it, I could see Dallas, you know, winning it, and I could see Philadelphia winning it. But I think the reason why Philadelphia wins it or loses it is, is because of Chip Kelly and if he figures out the offensive scheme or not or if other teams figure him out or not. Right. You know, and it just that—that's how I see it. But again, the East, the the East is always a fun division to watch. I mean, there's, they, they, those teams are probably one of one of the few divisions that the, most of the teams hate each other, like oh, really, really hate each other. Like, I mean, Generally there is general yes. hatred. I mean, basically everybody hates the Cowboys, but then everybody hates each other. You know, but they all share the same account, same. Common interest in hating the Cowboys, but you know, cow, you know the the Giants hate the Redskins. The Redskins, you know, you know hate, hate you know the, the Cowboys, yeah, and the it's
2: Philadelphia just, Eagles hate Santa Claus. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> it's
0: just that, that's that's one of those divisions. Even if teams are bad, those are always good division games to watch because they're smash mouth. They hate each other, and it shows on the field, which is exciting for a fantasy. See.
3: see, and I would have told you that the, the Cowboys are. I would really, I really believe they were they improved on defense. With you know, with obviously the. The addition of Greg Hardy, and then you know Randy Gregory, the rookie. Actually, he's pretty good did, too. Did, did
2: Greg Hardy's did his appeal on his suspension? Did it get reduced at all? Because I know they, it went they haven't said anything. I know it it went from ten full. games to four. Yeah, and he's but appealing
3: that now after the whole Tom Brady ordeal. But I think we took a big blow with not to You guys is not a big stand on it, but Orlando schedule going down with the torn ACL that that hurts because we're our secondary isn't the greatest to begin with. And who, who is the rookie
2: this, that they got last year? Um the
3: Cowboys, didn't the rookie ha- or the rookie that they've been waiting on, Morris Claiborne. Was it? Cla- was it Claiborne? it He's this is his third year, but he's he sucked the last couple of years. He's been irrelevant. He's like he's the guy that they traded up all the way to the sixth spot to get because he was that supposed to be that good coming out of LSU, and he sucks. And he's terrible. <laughs> he just had not been able to stay healthy. But I mean, I mean, we'll see, man. Like, I Like I was hoping personally they would have signed maybe Antonio Camardi and he he called Jerry Jones out, said come get him, but Jerry didn't open up the pocketbook. He believes in what he has, and. He did open up the pocketbook for Des Bryant.
0: He did. Hey, he kind of had no choice, though, at that point. I mean, like we've, we like we've mentioned this show before. It's you know we you have a you have a, a legitimate top three receiver in the league. You, you got to pay him whether you like it or not. I mean, Des Bryant's a game changer, and you you, you got if you if you're gonna let if you're gonna let DeMarco Murray walk, you you got you got to pay Des because the money's got to go somewhere, and you know you 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 want to make your suit you want to keep your superstars happy as possible. Right. So I think that was a smart move for. Uh, yeah, Johnson, you had said yeah. it
3: the whole time, let the Marco walk, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're going to find out how good Joseph Randall can be. And, and you know what, Darren McFadden looked good in the last game of the preseason. He had like 40 yards on like four carries or something, so he's finally— out. I thought you were going to say 40 yards on 14 carries. <laughs> no, like, no, no, It's pretty good, Roy. No, no, I mean, we're <laughs> going to find out. And if, I mean, I think he's definitely going to get—it's Joseph's team, Joseph's spot to lose.
2: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I, think, I didn't think they brought in Darren McFadden as— you know a guy to really compete for the number 1 running back position but a guy to help and assist and give Randall blows you know when he needs them you know after potentially long runs and or you know long uh, long series and marches downfield but um do you guys think RG3 is done
3: yeah.
2: in the NFL do you think he gets another crack at it do you think he's able to Attain a starting quarterback spot somewhere in the NFL if it's not with the Washington Redskins?
3: I think the coach has done before him.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to rack through my head of where he, where's a spot that he would be able to fit and, you know, who, one who needs a quarterback and, and who can, you know, tailor a system for his skill set. Because, I mean, let
3: Chicago. You you,
0: I don't know. That, I, mean, I, I mean, being a Bears fan, seeing what we have, I, I, I I'm personally, I don't know why, but I kind of like RG3. I mean, he was dynamic in college, and I just, I just feel that like he was out of place in Washington. Like they didn't try and help develop a system that, that you know where he excelled. Like they, they tried to make him a drop back passer when he's not, right? Like you know, they refused to try and. I, I think that the, the, the what, what separates a good offensive coordinator and a good coach is the fact that if you're able to. Design your game plan for the players that you have. Not try and make your players fit the system that you have. And I just think in Washington, I just think he got a raw deal. And you know, he just he was never able to be comfortable with you know because there was always doubts of you know. Because I mean, let's be honest, Daniel Dan Snyder gave up a
3: boatload to get him. That's what I'm saying. And
2: I'm like, St- him, I shit. mean, like I like like we have said before, uh, when the St. Louis Rams played the Washington Redskins last season, uh, when they had the you know the coin toss every game. They sent out the captains, right? Normally, teams send out the captains for each team to, uh, to to get the coin flip. Well, what the St. Louis Rams did, and Jeff Fisher sent out all five draft picks that they got for RG3 to do the coin flip against the Washington Redskins, which I thought was Pretty a clever. very clever move. Uh, and just to rub it in his face like, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for taking that burden off our chest and giving us uh, a plethora <laughs> of good young guys. So, yeah, it's it, I, I think it's going to be tough for RG three to get back into it, um, but a team even like say Jacksonville, you know, I know they got Blake Bortles who's a young quarterback too, but you know, obviously is starving for drawing fans in and uh, and sparking an organization who has kind of been.
0: What I mean, what about what about sending him back to Texas and let him let him be uh, go to go to Houston?
2: Oh man, Houston, Cleveland, any of those teams really? I mean, any any bottom dweller. I think he would have a chance at but the problem the problem with bottom dwelling teams is they're bottom dwelling for a reason they probably don't have players around him to to protect him and especially a good offensive line. I mean there's only a handful of good teams in the NFL and those handful of good teams have good offensive lines. So, you know, that's what that's what RG3 needs, good offensive line, a good uh, a good scheme and a good offense for him to succeed. Um, so it's going to be tough, and and definitely interesting to see if he can make it back on the field um, this season. If not, you know, next season with another team, possibly. So, do
3: the Redskins finish last in the division? I think so. Yeah, if, I don't know. I mean, if you
2: take if you take a look at it, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants. The Eagles, I think, are on the up. The Cowboys, maybe maybe standing pat, maybe taking a step back. Uh, the Giants, definitely, I think. You know, I, I think it's also crazy, like I like I said about Marvin Lewis, I think it's crazy that Tom Coughlin still has a job, you know, but he has won the, two Super the Bowls. Guy, so. the, yeah,
0: the guy's known as around the league as being a really, really great guy, and he's got two Super Bowls. And so. not to
2: mention his playlist on his iPod consists of Jay-Z and Young Jay-Z, so <laughs> he's probably a player favorite.
0: Roy, though, being a Cowboys fan, does it scare you that, they, that the Cowboys went out and picked up Christine Michael as a running back considering that they're pinning their hopes on Joseph Randall?
3: I'm just, i just. I think it's it. It worries me. I don't want to say scares me. It worries me because I mean
0: Joseph Randall in the preseason didn't really do anything no, to no, wow no, anybody. Nobody
3: other than McFadden in the last game. That was about it. I'm saying. So maybe they're thinking. All right. Well, look. We're gonna have. We need to have a backup plan. If if these two guys just can't do it, and at best, at worst case scenario, if, if McFadden and Randall can hold the load, then we got another guy. You know, in the back burner just for later. Because the, they didn't give up anything for him, really. It was like a, a late-round pick or something, a second-round pick or something like that. They didn't give up much.
0: That and they also got Jordan Mills from the Bears when the Bears let him go. No, so I mean, that adding, him,
3: Just adding more to the offensive line.
0: Yeah, right. no, it just gives him depth. I mean, because Jordan Mills, two years ago, was a really, really good player for the Bears so, as a rookie. So, I mean, he started as a rookie. So, I mean, he's got the talent. Yeah, I mean, they're adding depth. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a starter. I doubt it. But, you know, he's he's depth, and you, you could always – you know, you could always use depth on the offensive line. Eh? I mean,
3: we legitimately have seven good, off like, great offense that can start on any team. You're talking Tyron Smith, who many people consider the best left tackle in football. You know, you got Travis Frederick, Doug Free, you know what I mean? Doug Martin, like it's Lyle Collins, who was undrafted but was high. And the only reason he was undrafted was because I was in that murder case. And anyways, <laughs>
2: enough about the Dallas Cowboys.
1: No. Hey everybody, this is Josh here from Scrap City Sports reminding you to make sure that you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Scrap City Sports and find us online at ScrapCitySports.com for all your Chicago sports needs. So, we uh,
2: we discussed we discuss all of the AFC. We have discussed the uh, NFC South, the NFC East, and we are moving over to the West Coast and the NFC West and what i think is going to be one of the best divisions in football with uh, with the seattle seahawks last season going at a going at a record of 12 and 4 the arizona cardinals at 11 and 5 the san francisco 49ers at 8 and 8 and the st louis rams at 6 and 10 um i think it's going to be hard for one of the other teams uh, one of the other teams to knock off the champs but if there is a division that is going to be able to do it it's it's the rest of the teams in this division um and i think that like i have mentioned a bunch of times the the NFC west is going to be the 2015 version of the 2014 AFC north with three teams making the playoffs and i'm still a, am a firm believer in that with Obviously, the Seahawks, um, I don't know if they're going to repeat as division champs, but they're definitely going to be in the mix. The Arizona Cardinals and definitely the St. Louis Rams. I think I've seen enough from the Rams, Jeff Fisher, Nick Foles, and that team to be able to say that they are playoff bound. That defense is right up to par with Seattle, with Arizona. And unfortunately, from the outside looking in, San Francisco 49ers, definitely not going to cut it this year with all of the losses that they've that they've had from the front office all the way down to the the playing field so uh, it's gonna to be tough it's going to be tough for the 49ers to be competitive in this division but um there's definitely some upside and, and and I personally I hope that Colin Kaepernick you know bounces back from a bad season but it's not going to be enough to overcome any of those other three teams in the division
0: yeah I just I just think that there's you know those three—the three top teams in the league. I'm discrediting San Francisco just because they're a mess. I mean, they lost their defense oh, yeah, coordinator, they lost their head coach. I don't know anything about their offensive coordinator, but I mean, they—they they lost a ton. I don't. I don't they're, see down them. they're down I, and out. I, I see them fighting for the number one seat, number one pick in the NFL draft next season. But all three—St. Louis, Arizona, and Seattle—all have elite defenses. Could possibly be the you know uh, three of the top five defenses in the league, all in the same division, which is scary to me to be a quarterback in that division because you are going to get pounded week in and week out from all those, those those front fours of all those teams. I mean Arizona Arizona was nasty last year without their starting quarterback and they made the playoffs and they did, you know, really really good things and St. Louis St. Louis with that front four is is just nasty and, you know, of course then then you're not even talking about the two-time Super Bowl appearing, you know, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they're known for their defense. So, I mean, that division, that division is going to be that's gonna be and, a hard. And,
2: and now they got now. There's Jimmy Graham in the division to defend. So, you know that's gonna be a tough test for the other teams to be able to battle uh, a guy like Jimmy Graham. And Seattle, you know they've had this. They've had a pretty good run here for the last three years, I would say, of of good, you know, good football. And they've never really had an offensive weapon like Jimmy Graham. And if Jimmy Graham can stay healthy, he's going to be a Major, major game changer for the Seattle Seahawks. So can Seattle repeat as champs uh, of the NFC West? I don't know. I mean, I think a bit, the biggest key for them not repeating would be the Arizona Cardinals' ability to keep Carson Palmer on the field and playing football for them. Because when Carson Palmer was was out there and healthy and throwing the ball around for the Cardinals, they were a dangerous team. And um, if he can recoup from that major leg injury that he had, definitely the Arizona Cardinals have a shot of, of, of stealing the NFC West crown away from the Seattle Seahawks.
3: I think if anyone does have a shot, it would be them. And I, I to me personally, I mean, I still, I still favor the Seahawks until they're dethroned. But I mean, yeah, if anyone's going to, it would be Arizona. I, I don't think St. Louis is ready yet. I, I don't believe in Nick Foles. I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think what's what holds Seattle or not Seattle, but St. Louis back from
0: uh, from making real noise in the division is just their offense. I, I don't think their offense is as good as Seattle's or or Arizona. I think both of those have better offenses. They have better quarterbacks, and like I've been you know preaching about elite quarterbacks, I think that St. Louis doesn't have that guy yet. Their defense could be good enough that could steal some victories, but I just don't see them winning enough games to actually win the division. I don't either.
3: <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry.
2: I, 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 Yeah, I don't believe that.
3: Maybe RG three ends up in St. Louis. No,
2: that
0: would be funny, I
3: mean, wouldn't it? That's what I'm saying. That, that would, would be funny. funny. That
0: he's, would actually. That, it actually could work too. I mean, Jeff, it, it, I think if a coach can figure out RG three, I think Jeff Fisher's the guy. I think Jeff Fisher could be the best. He's a great coach. Man. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, he 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 could. Kind of looks like a no nonsense type of guy where he's not going to take any.
0: I mean, Bruce Arians is obviously good, and Pete Carroll's his resume speaks for himself. But I think I think Jeff Fisher belongs in that same category of, of elite coaches. And
3: I, I wanted him in Dallas as coach. Yeah, I wanted him. For, I wanted him for Chicago hours. before Trustman. Yeah, we we
2: wanted him in Chicago <laughs> for not only his coaching abilities, but for his mustache abilities as well. So, yeah,
0: mustaches do well in Chicago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know if Seattle could dethrone. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if St. Louis can dethrone Seattle. Um, but I definitely do think they're going to make noise in the playoff picture for the NFC. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a coin flip, uh, Seattle and. Um,
3: I, I believe they keep it competitive. I will say that, and, but I think two teams will come out of the West. That'll be Seattle and. and Arizona, yeah. I'm sorry, Arizona. Seattle and Arizona. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: I definitely, uh, I, I, I definitely think that this is going to be a coin flip and. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be um, interesting to see how Russell Wilson can you know uh, produce with now being being paid. You know, because it's a lot of times we see guys that you know produce, 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 and then they get paid, and then they have a major fall off. So, but I I do think Seattle has put him in a position to succeed still. uh, You know, with the additions of like we mentioned, Jimmy Graham. Um, and you know, always in the backfield, Marshawn Lynch beast mode. So, um, it's going to be. This is like I said. This is going to be one of the best divisions of football. And I, I still do firmly believe that that and the the AFC the AFC North. So we got a.
3: Does Cam Chancellor show up? What's that? Does Cam Chancellor show up? I don't.
2: I don't know. I mean, didn't he have? A, didn't he break something? Was that him or Richard Sherman that broke something? That no, was like?
3: Sherman. Sherman's the one that. Yeah, no, he's a
2: contract. Or something.
3: He's a contract holdout. Yeah, Chancellor's kind of. Yeah, he's, he wants the big bucks. Oh
2: well, I think Seattle's Pete Carroll is a master of schemes, and if anybody can if anybody can mask you know weaknesses in their team, I definitely think it's Jeff, um, not Jeff Fisher, Jesus, Pete Carroll, um, definitely a really really smart smart head coach, and um, you know even though they lost their defensive coordinator Dan Quinn you know, going to the Atlanta Falcons, they still have one of the best defenses in the league. So Camp Chancellor or not I think they're definitely gonna be still a very good uh very very, solid. very good and very aggressive smash mouth defense defense. Yeah, right. So
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if three teams out of that d- division make the playoffs being the other, you know, one one team probably either Arizona or Seattle winning the division, but then, you know, having the other two that don't make it be wild card. I think the three teams could possibly come out of that
3: division. That's right. I just don't think St. Louis has enough firepower to do that, man. Not with Nick Foles.
0: How long
2: do you guys think that Seattle has? You know, you know they they always they always say that there's there's certain teams that have you know the title window. How long do you think um, Seattle has in that title window? Since you know we've seen for the last couple of years now them be you know in, in late postseason runs you know, for the Super Bowl champion.
3: I think they got a shot at it, a shot at it this year. Try to go back. If they can get past Dallas. Yeah. I'm uh, being a homer there. I, I, um, I,
0: I, I don't, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I don't see them being very good after this year, in all honesty. I see them spiraling, you know, maybe going back to like a middle-of-the-road team, you know, but, I mean, maybe it may even happen this year. I just don't know. I, th- I think that, you know, depending on what Cam Chancellor does, even though they got the addition of Jimmy Graham and, you know, whatnot, I just, I just see that the fact that they had to finally pay up to Russell Wilson that, you know, all of a sudden all that free money that they had to, to make sure they had lots and lots of depth is now gone. That little pillow that they had of not having to pay their quarterback, uh, you know, very much. That you know that's going to hurt them a lot because that was the reason why San Francisco was so good for so long and Seattle was so good for so long is because they were paying their quarterback nothing. In the minute, I mean, look at look at San Francisco. The minute they paid they uh, paid Colin Kaepernick, they went downhill fast because all of a sudden you know they weren't able to go out and spend on these crucial guys that you know you kind of have to overpay for to get, but you got that help you win football games. Now they can't do that because they don't. Dove out, you know, twenty percent of their of their salary cap to to one player at the quarterback position. So
3: that's a lot of money committed at one position. To one yeah, I, it just
0: that's just not a recipe for winning and winning consistently for a long time when you have to pay quarterback that for that that much money for you know for, for when when you weren't paying him anything. So see,
3: and that's a retract, but see that's what I think quarterbacks like like Tom Brady. That's what sets them apart from everybody. You see me, he restructures his contract and gives money back. To put more weapons around and keep his team in tech to stay good.
0: That's that's funny though because you know however long Tom Brady has been in the league that you know you never really hear him talk about contracts or anything right. like that. They kind of just paid him. He makes I mean he makes a ton of money, but he's not he's not the top paid quarterback. You know he's not any of those things. And yeah, he, he constantly has he constantly works with the team to restructure because he you know Tom Brady understands that you know he's only as good as the rest of his team is. No matter how elite you are, you're only as good as the rest of your team. That's so. Right by helping out and, you know, kind of giving some back that, you know, they're able to win and win
1: consistently. Hey, everybody, this is Josh here from Scrap City Sports reminding you to make sure that you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Scrap City Sports and find us online at ScrapCitySports.com for all your Chicago sports needs.
2: I'm not going to torch you guys with that whole song.
3: <laughs> I was feeling it, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so we're going to move over to the uh, NFC North and uh, the home of the Chicago Bears, the lowly Chicago Bears, actually, if we're going to run down the, the uh, wins and losses of, of each team from last season. we got the Green Bay Packers winning the division. At twelve and four, we have the Detroit Lions uh, in a wild card spot, making the playoffs. At eleven and five, we have the up and coming Minnesota Vikings at seven and eight, and we have the probably eight and eight Chicago Bears uh, at five and eleven last year. Can Green Bay replace Jordy Nelson and win the division?
3: I still think they're the favorite in the division. I mean, if anybody can just plug people into. And make people look really good. It's Aaron Rodgers and company, and I still think they'll be twelve and 4, 13 and three, whatever you want to call it. it. Doesn't matter. They're going to win the division. Yeah,
0: I, I think with the with the with the question mark in that division, really the only question mark in that division is who's going to finish in second place. I just think that yeah, I mean Aaron Rodgers is all world quarterback, and if you're you know if I've been harping on this whole episode about how elite quarterbacks win, elite quarterbacks win. You know the Packers have the only elite quarterback in the division. And you know, I mean, between Jake Cutler, Matthew Stafford, and Teddy Bridgewater, those all those guys have a lot to prove. Because I mean, Cutler and Stafford, are, you know, whatever you want to say about both those guys, they have very similar stats and very similar roles on their team, and very
2: similar contracts.
0: Yes, that you know, they're 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 basically the same. So I mean, you know, which team? And then you throw in Teddy Bridgewater with with the you know, I guess the re signing of sorts of Adrian Peterson and him coming back. I mean. They're supposed to be a lot better. His word is where does you know who finishes in second place? I mean, that's really the question of of, uh, of the night. I, Niners, I, I think the, the second, second.
2: place. Um, I think second place is isn't going to be a toss up. I, I think any of the teams below Green Bay can get second place. I think it's going to be a long shot for the Bears. Probably the longest shot for the Bears to to attain that second place spot. Uh, I could definitely easily see Minnesota uh, seizing that with their with their def- with their defensive ability to manage games and and not you know not let a 50 burger up on the on the scoreboard for the other team uh like the Bears often did last season T-
3: Teddy Bridgewater didn't look bad preseason man obviously we know we go back and say it's preseason but he he looks like he's going to develop into a nice little quarterback yeah I mean and it also helps he's got the if you want to call him the best running back in football right there help him out too
2: yeah they, I mean even though Adrian Peterson wasn't in the lineup last season for the Minnesota Vikings they still had a pretty good run game last year with uh, Ayasada. I think is that how you say his name? That's how I pronounce it. Ayasada. Who's the other guy that they had? You know, Carm?
0: Uh, what running back?
2: Yeah. <sighs>
0: um. John Blank. Yeah they
2: had they had a two they they had a two uh, a two head running back by committee in, in Minnesota last year that got them um you know seven wins and uh can they oh, McKinnon Jarek McKinnon there you go was the guy. Um, Asiago, by the way. Asiago. Asiago. No, Asiago. I'm gonna channel my Asiago channel my, cheese. I'm gonna channel my inner Roger Goodell and say Asiago. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, Minnesota. There's a lot of hype around them this you know this off season, uh, and and going into the going into this upcoming NFL season, there's a, there's a lot of hype. And you know any team's gonna have an offensive boost if they get you know one of the best running backs in the game, you know, on their roster. Um, paired with an up-and-coming quarterback in in Teddy Bridgewater. But they have uh, other key additions and subtractions. They lost Greg Jennings. Um, They get Mike Wallace, who, you know, love him or hate him, you know, is definitely a speed guy. Uh, And I think this is the third season for Corderell Patterson, correct? I I believe so. I I think it's the third season. You know, they – the myth is that the third year is the is the breakout year for for young wide. receivers. It's not
0: receivers. a myth. That's that's a fact. Usually, if you got a lot of ton of potential, it's usually the third year receivers usually figure it out. But, can
2: uh, Can Patterson take himself from, you know, the elite level kick returner to the elite level wide receiver? You know, we saw in some flashes of brilliance in his first two seasons, but you know, never able to really string together a full, whole entire season of of good football uh, at the wide receiver position so that's something to definitely watch um in the NFC North along with um you know can the Detroit Lions can they keep up with the Joneses I guess you would say in in the Green Bay Packers because you know they've tried to uh the last couple years and you know for the most part they they did it uh last year with with of all things their running game um you know, with Joique Bell and uh, who is the guy that they have now?
0: Um, Shoot, their their current one is uh,
2: Joique Bell and uh, the Ash... It
0: starts with a Aeglor, Ag, right?
2: No, that's the guy in um, Philadelphia. Oh, that's the right, running that's back. Right, that's right. Uh, can't forget. I keep I. Even if I remembered his name, I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it. But uh, I think that you know it, it's kind of surprising. Is 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 Detroit is been known for the last couple years since since Matthew Stafford since Calvin Johnson have been there as you know a dynamic passing offense i think um they're going to have to get back to that to be able to compete with Aaron Rodgers and company Amir Abdallah. Yep that's the dude But uh i think they're going to have to they're going to have to get back to that um and and do more of a, da- a Dallas uh Dallas Cowboys Thing with more balanced offense They're not going to have they, they can't lean too heavy On the run game Or the pass game They got to have a, a, a good mix between both To be able to keep up With the Green Bay Packers And the Bears What the Bears Are going to have to do Is win some football games That's what they're <laughs> They're going to have to Start there I mean five wins Last year just Will not cut it Especially in a city Like Chicago Yeah we're going to give John Fox and Ryan Pace uh, Some leeway You know As we did To To um, Phil, Phil Emery and Mark Tressman. so uh, they're definitely going to be improved from last year. The only issue is the health of the offense and and, and how soon they could get Kevin White out there. I, honestly, I think that's the key. That's the key for the Bears right now. And if their defense could could plug the holes that they had last year, uh, that's the, that's also a huge thing. They couldn't stop anybody. But it was.
0: Like, I, I mean, I think that what's going to hurt the Bears the most is their schedule. I mean their their schedule is brutal, as far as teams are concerned. I mean they, I mean the first, the first, uh, the f- the first five weeks of the season. I mean it goes Packers, Cardinals, Seahawks, Raiders, Chiefs. That's brutal. Yeah.
2: I mean that's brutal. And, 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 and you know you you look at that and you think okay, the Raiders probably a definite win, which we don't know that they're traveling to Oakland, correct?
0: No, they're at, they're playing they're playing the Packers at home, the Cardinals at home, the Raiders at home. They're playing the Seahawks on the road and Saint. Say uh the the Kansas City Chiefs on the road.
2: Oof, Arrowhead Stadium is not gonna be kind not at all. to the Chicago Bears. Um But yeah, we you know, you would pencil the Bears the first five weeks to go one and four with that win against the Oakland Raiders, but it's not looking so good now. I mean when the schedule was launched, you know, a month or so ago, you would you would have said, Yeah, they, the Bears would definitely beat the Raiders, but after seeing the preseason and how the Raiders have played, and and not to take anything away from how the what the Bears have done, but you know, will Jay Cullard be able to turn the corner, or maybe not turn the corner, but will he be able to manage an offense and make plays when they need him to? Sort of like what John Fox did with Peyton Manning. You know, as much as everybody wants to give great accolades to Peyton Manning, they they had a pretty good system for him in Denver. Yeah. Yeah, they put him in a position to, to, to succeed, and, and, and Jay Cutler definitely does have offensive tools to make that happen, but, you know, it, it's all in his head. Can he do it? Can he do it when, when it matters? You know, in the preseason, we saw him give up zero interceptions, which is a move in the right direction because I don't think he's ever went. I think went,
0: all of all the preseason and training camp, I think he only threw one interception, even in practice.
2: I don't think he's ever went three games <laughs> – Three games, practice, non-practice, regular season play. I don't think he's ever won three straight games without throwing, turning, throwing the ball at least one time to the opposite team. So I think that's a step in the right direction and hopefully good things for the Bears.
0: Yeah, I've, I, I mean, I, I think the Bears are going to be better than last year. I mean, it's hard not to be better than last year with five wins. But uh, I, I just think that their schedule is just brutal. I mean, they play a lot of good teams. I mean, there's very little that you know you would you would consider a gimme game i mean yeah there's only a, there's only a handful of them and even if they win those games i mean i don't see them i don't see them even even being 8 and 8 in all honesty i just i just unless unless they get absolutely lucky and the ball bounce, bounces the right way for them i just don't i see it's i mean i think it's i think it's going to be an encouraging year because i think it's going to be such a even though they may lose the game, but they're going to be so much better than they were last year. Just just been some fact of how John Fox coaches his teams and how traditionally they are. They're not going to quit like they did last year. You know, they're not going to get down and know the game's, you know, they're not going to put up a 45 spot in the first half. I just don't see that. So, I mean, they're going to be more enjoyable to watch. I just don't think the results going to be a whole lot different than last year. I you just know, don't.
2: You know what? Just to touch on on, you know, the Bears' brutal schedule. I think every team in the NFC North has a brutal schedule because— what the, the you know what the cross division matchups are you know the NFC North has to play the NFC West so that means they have every team in the NFC North has to go through Seattle has to go through St Louis has to go through Arizona um, you know and, and half those trips you know traveling you know so from from the Midwest to the West Coast is is, is not a kind thing normally on NFL teams when they have to make that trek but the uh, the bears you know the bears and 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 the rest of the division also have to play the AFC West too so you know definitely four of those games they're going to be traveling out to the West Coast so it's going to be brutal for for all of these teams to be able to put up what they did last year but you know the silver lining is that the Bears can only hopefully get better I, I definitely don't think they're going to be worse and <clears throat> it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see if Jay Cutler can actually screw his head on tight. You know, I know I've mentioned this before, but this is a huge year for him because I think that if he doesn't do well, I think he's going to be cut. Yeah, I, mean, I think he deserves point, to be cut if he doesn't have a good At this
0: point, too, I mean, he's kind of auditioning for other teams because he's most likely not going to be on the Bears next year, regardless of how they do. I mean, unless they win a Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl, his product going to come back where you know he's auditioning for other teams. And, you know, if he has a year like he did last year, no teams are going to want him. I mean, at that at this point, it's like okay, well, everyone thinks we can fix him. We can fix him. And how many coaches have tried? And, and he's he's the same guy. He's never going to be that Brett Favre that everyone you know them as to be because of this gun gunslinger, powerful arm. That you know, I just I just don't see it. So I mean, I don't know. I I, I expect a I expect a, a decent season out of Cutler. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire. I don't think he's going to be an All Pro, but I think he's going to be better than he was last year as far as responsible for the football. I don't think he's going to turn over as much. I think the offense is going to be a little bit better, even with the subtraction of Brandon Marshall, because, you know, I mean, you you hope that Kevin White can get to the field quickly and, you know, could start, you know, developing as, and getting those that first year out of the way and, you know, come back next year and have a, you know, be, be ready to go. But, you know, I just, you just being an optimistic person that I am, I just hope that the Bears are, you know, can, can you know, I mean, they have, they have on paper, on paper they have, They have Jay Cutler, who you know, say what you want about him, but he's a he's an average to slightly above average quarterback. You have you have Matt Forte, who's a who's an elite running back. You have you know you have Alshon Jeffries, who's who's an elite receiver. You have Martellus Bennett, who's a good tight end. You
2: would tab Jeffrey as an elite receiver.
0: He's being paid like a elite receiver, and he's got the responsibility of an elite receiver. I mean, he's been he was an All Pro the last couple years. I mean, that kind of. Our eyes, I mean, you know, we know he's not, you know, he's not Megatron. He's not, you know, Antonio Brown. We know that. But, you know, for the for the, all intents and purposes, for the Bears, he's an elite receiver. And, you know, so they have the talent. It's not like they're, they got the – it's not like Jay Cully is dealing with the roster of Tennessee where they have nobody. I mean, they have talent and all the skilled positions. It's just now can they put it all together and, you know, tr- try and go out there and, you know, not play piss-poor defense and maybe win some football games. I mean, that's really the question mark with the Bears.
2: <laughs> that, that's the problem. Is that there's question marks? You know, you would love to just be able to go into off, se- go into a season, you know, which we had a couple of years ago. You know, uh, with the the revolution of the Mark Tressman era, you know, thinking that they were going to go from an eight and eight team to a possibly a Super Bowl contender, and that didn't pan out. Obviously, for uh, for us Bears fans, so um, can the Bears? Can the Bears improve? Can they make noise in the NFC North? Um, two big keys, like I mentioned, Kevin White getting him on the field, big uh, big draft pick and uh, the, plugging their holes in their defense um, is going to definitely be.
0: What what do you, What's the record nice. you think of the Bears next season? What do you see? Should we, the, should we go down the list and see what, what victories they can achieve with the schedule and see what where it ends up? Yeah, I mean. All right, yeah. week, week one on the lakefront at Soldier Field, Packers, Bears, 12 o'clock Sunday. Who wins that game?
2: <laughs> as 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 I've come to learn, that the Bears always, when you think that they're counted out, always manage to get a win. They I, surprise you. so they, 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 they always surprise you. So you know, being a heavy underdog, I'm sure in this game. I don't know what the line is on it, but I'm sh- I think the Bears are going to pull this one out, and I think it's going to be a
3: 21-20 game. Honestly, I, I am. I, I think Green Bay's going to come in and blow them out, 35-14. You think, after the, after, would they, they put a 50-burger on the
2: Bears last year. fifty oh, What, they score 52 <laughs> points or something like that? Yeah, I mean, baby something baby. ridiculous. You got to think that a lot of those players are going to remember that. And I know there has been you, you know, hope so. guys coming, guys going. I definitely think that's going to be a much lower scoring output by the Green Bay Packers.
0: I mean, I you know, being I told you that that very f- the first five games in the Bears' season is pretty bad. I think that the Bears win one game in that first five, and I think that one game is week one against the Green Bay Packers at home. I just think that you know, the, yeah, like, like 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 we've we've seen being Bears fans, like they always come out and surprise you week one, or they can lay an egg like uh, yeah, in week one, and, like they did and last and year. But that's the thing. Buffalo. That's I think there's a lot to prove for a lot of people, and I just think that they don't overlook the Green Bay Packers, knowing how important that is to win that first game for the city of Chicago, if nothing else, that I just see them. I'm I'm not predicting the score. I just think that the Bears are going to win that game, and I don't think it's going to be a very nice game. I think it's going to just be one of those games that, you know, they're just going to gut out, and they're going to go back to their old smash mouth, run the football, pass the ball efficiently, you know, Bears, and somehow squeak out a win against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But uh, week week two, we have traveling to the lakefront again. Uh, with a slight homestand in two games to the Arizona Cardinals. How do you see that one
3: going? I, I think the Bears are embarrassed week one, and they, and they come in with a little chip on their shoulder, and they smack the Cardinals around.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. They have a chance against Green Bay, the division rival. I think it's going to be a closer game, like I had said. Uh, I don't think it's going to. they're going to have such luck against the Arizona Cardinals. They are – the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals are going to – Lay the proverbial smackdown on the Bears. Um, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, it's probably not going to be a high-scoring game, but the Bears aren't going to be able to muster many points against this elite-level defense.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Christopher. I just think that today they have a little bit of a Green Bay Packers victory hangover <laughs> and let this one slip away from them. Because <laughs> yeah, the, the Arizona Cardinals are a whole type, another type of animal than the Green Bay Packers, and I just don't. See that the Bears can repeat the same success and the same jubilation from winning against the Green Bay Packers as they and, and pull out from you know, pull out a win against the Arizona Cardinals. I see them losing this game.
2: Yeah, and and, and just to touch back, a, a team a team like the Bears getting a victory against the Green Bay Packers, you know, in opening week, you would think that's gonna be a good thing for the Bears, you know, uh moving forward in the season and a bad thing for the Packers, but you know, the Bears have beaten the Packers before with Aaron Rodgers and without Aaron Rodgers. And it always seems to take the Bears, you know, into a downward spiral and the Packers <laughs> into an upward spiral. Um, so if there's any team that can recoup from a Bears loss, from from losing to the Bears, it's definitely the Packers. Uh, and that's kind of a jinx for the Bears, I believe. Plus, so. we, plus
0: we failed to mention that the Packers generally don't do well in the first week of the season. They generally lose their first week of the season. So... I'm gonna go with that trend, and yes, another reason why and I think yeah, the Bears. And
2: then it just does doesn't get any better from there. After the Cardinals, they head out um, to the 12th man, and in Seattle, and, and and face that.
0: Well, I, I may, maybe maybe to to re you know re we kind of rethink the way we're gonna do this. We should look at the you know we got the schedules. Just where do we see victories coming from? Where do we agree on where victories are coming from? I mean I, I'm looking at the schedule and I don't I don't see the Bears other than week 1 against the Packers. I don't see them winning again until, you know, I don't even know what that is week 7, I think, against the Vikings. <laughs> I mean, it's going You gonna, don't
2: think they you don't think they could beat the Lions? No, I mean, so not
0: they, not in, no, not in no, not in so Detroit.
2: So they play they play Seattle, they're at Seattle, then then the Raiders come to town. Lose. Which, you know, this is crazy that the Bears have to go to Seattle and then they have to go to Kansas City, two of the worst places to play. For opposing teams, you know Arrowhead Stadium and uh, what what's uh, what's Seattle's stadium called?
3: Oh, um, oh, I don't know. I can't think of it. Well, I'm thinking of the baseball stadium. Sorry.
2: Twelfth man, you know the twelfth man in Seattle is you know in the Guinness Book of World Records, and so is Arrowhead Stadium. So um, that's just that's crazy to me that the Bears drew that drew that hand of, of traveling to both of those stadiums in one season. you know
3: CenturyLink Field, I'm sorry.
2: CenturyLink Field yeah. in Seattle. So, yeah, I mean, that, it's, that's kind of nuts to me, actually. I mean, I pro- if you probably looked at it, would probably take us a while to look it up, but I, probably no team in the same season, you know, in, in, in recent memory, has had to travel to both Seattle and Kansas City, um, you know, and, and and have to deal with that, you know, because it's it's bad enough to play those two teams, you know, at home, but to travel there and to to have to be in that environment of of you know loudest stadiums in the NFL is kind of crazy to me. So, you know, I think they possibly could get back off the schneid in in Detroit, um, unlike unlike what you think, Karma uh, against uh, against the Vikings the following week. But um, yeah, it doesn't get any better from there, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I look at them. I look at them winning against the Vikings November first, and then I see another, another, not another victory coming till December sixth. I think they went go on a little bit of a streak, and they they beat the Forty Nine ers, they beat the Redskins, lose to the Vikings in the, Minnesota, win against the Buccaneers, and then win against the Lions last week of the season, giving them seven victories for the year, seven and nine.
2: Yeah, I mean. They have a brutal schedule. Not to mention they have to play the Packers twice. You know, which is always tough. But then, like I mentioned, that's Brett
0: Favre. Uh, Brett Favre. Uh, what you call Like uh, Hall of Fame night at Lambeau Field on Thanksgiving. <laughs> they are <laughs> not going to win that game. There is no way. So, yeah, I don't. I just. Yeah,
2: they're they're they're, they're probably going to go one in f- one in uh, one in three against the NFC West.
0: I hope I'm wrong, and I and hope maybe I'm,
2: two and two against the AFC West, um, and then after that, it's kind of like I said, they they got to pay Packers twice. Which, yeah, they always have. They always sneak out one win, uh, unlike last year where they got destroyed twice. But <laughs>
0: but I, I hope I hope we're wrong and we're we'll walking. But that was I mean we're that eating was, our words in a couple of weeks, but. Yeah, I just—it's
2: it's going to be a rough season wow. for the Bears. It's going to be a lot of highs, or a lot of lows, and a lot of highs.
0: Do you see? I guess my question is: even though last year they had a terrible season, they had that one monumental game in San Francisco. Could Seattle be that game where nobody expects them to win, and Seattle has a bad day, and, and the Bears are able to pull something out there? I mean, is that, is, is that in the realm of possibilities? Considering, I mean, well, the,
2: I mean, we have John Fox who, who uh, was with the Denver Broncos when they played Seattle in the Super Bowl. It wasn't a good outcome for John Fox, but uh, he does have a beat on the Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks, so you know that might be a a good uh, a good card to have in the deck, you know, in John in John Fox's hands. So you know it, it, it's possible. I mean, anything's possible, really. Any given Sunday is what the motto is. So you know the Bears could sneak out that win.
0: So what do you guys say? What's 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 the record to the Bears? Just you know, as a, as a wild guess, I said seven and nine. What do you guys think?
2: I think they I think John Fox is a little bit more up his sleeve I, I'm gonna go with eight and eight uh just be a little bit more optimistic but
0: roll off roll off really quick the team that they beat
2: the extra team that they beat um, I'm gonna have to go uh, if they lose to if they lose to Seattle and Seattle I think they win one of those two games in the crazy stadiums so they're either gonna beat Seattle or they're gonna beat the Chiefs they're not going to lose both those games, I don't think. As crazy as it seems, just when you're about to kick the Bears out and be that able sounds to just to me. watch the Red Zone channel for the rest of the year, <laughs> you know, just just when you just when you have that inkling of a thought that the Bears aren't going to be anything this season, they're going to have one of those victories, and I think it's going to come either in Seattle or in Kansas City. Uh, crazy as it sounds, but um, I think that's going to happen. So you're
0: saying you're saying the eight and eight is going to be via Seattle and or Kansas City.
2: It's gonna be one. It's not gonna be both for sure. No, no, and or. Yeah, yeah, I think they
3: finished six and ten. I think I think they beat the Bucks. I think they beat the Vikings. I'll give them the Niners. I'll give them one of the Lions games, and I think they'll definitely beat the Chargers. And and they and I'm sorry, I had the other one right here, and the Raiders. All right, Hey. Six and is an improvement from five and eleven. Yeah, well, as I said, I mean, no
0: matter what happens, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. And even though I have I have them, you know, below five hundred, I still have two more victories than they had last year. So,
3: well, and
2: not to mention uh, the game. I mean, they're definitely going to beat the Bucks for the simple fact that Jameis Winston. I don't think he's ever played a game in cold weather, and the Bucks roll to town two days after Christmas, so it's definitely going to be cold in Chicago. So,
0: no, they're uh, at the Buccaneers. They're, oh, they're at? Are they? Yeah, they're at
2: at, at oh, Tampa. Never mind then.
3: <laughs> hey, I know we said uh, we really didn't do a bro versus bro segment here, but I've got one bro versus bro question for you guys. Let's hear it. The Kansas City Chiefs went four and zero in the preseason. The only team to go four and zero in the preseason this year. Which team finished four and zero in the preseason a few years ago and had absolutely a miserable season? If I give you the record, it gives you the, it gives you the team. So I'm not giving you the team. St. Louis Rams. They were what one and fifteen. Got eight. This is still bro versus bro rules, you know. You got to see your name. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing this out there. Jacksonville. No, I'll give you a hint. Eminem raps about him in one of his songs. Detroit Lions. They went four and zero oh and finished the season zero oh and sixteen. Oof, oof. Did you know that? Did you know that the four straight
0: years that the Buffalo Bills went to the Super Bowl, they did not win a single preseason game in those four years.
3: That's a, that's crazy. Well, when that's crazy, you asked
2: the question, did you say the Kansas City Chiefs or the Kansas City Royals? No, no he said Chiefs. He oh, said Chiefs. I, I thought I heard Royals, and I'm like, <laughs> he said Chiefs. Wait yeah, but minute. is that
0: crazy stat that they didn't win one preseason game that's in their crazy. four Super Bowl runs? That is crazy. But so, so
3: uh, do you technically get this bro, bro versus bro win? No, that doesn't count. <laughs> I'm on a streak, Roy. Don't don't right. don't no, jack no. that up, Roy. It was a, just a little bonus. Is all that was. Technically, you messed up because you didn't even say your name. <laughs> either, either did Carmen.
2: <laughs> so we're not going there. But, uh, anyways, thank you for you know for for tuning in and listening to our NFL preview podcast. Um, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed, it and hopefully uh, you know everybody a good fantasy season. You know with uh, with our with our fantasy preview podcast just before this one, um, and you know let's go Bears! I guess
1: you would say to end this show. Hey, everybody! This is Josh here from Scrap City Sports, reminding you to make sure. That you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Scrap City Sports and find us online at ScrapCitySports.com for all your Chicago sports needs.
0: He shot over 300%. Hey, what's going on? The ice doesn't belong in here, it belongs out there. What
2: what, you three jabronis are leaving out here?
0: is I'm gonna see all your hamburgers right now.
2: Well, lock your doors, lock your windows. I'll be coming in your house for your hamburgers, even the frozen ones.
1: I'll find them and I'll eat them. Cause I am the hamburger. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Hey, you very good. See you next time. Yeah, we're Au revoir.
2: I'll feel the same. Ciao.